0: Six O Seven Podcast to talk all things pro wrestling. It's time for this week's edition of Six O Seven TWS Live on Twitch TV slash Six O Seven Podcast or on replay wherever you get great podcasts by searching Six O Seven TWS. Of course, as always, we are coming to you from the 8122 Production Studios at Dragon Master Games. I'm one of your hosts here on 6 7 Podcasts on Twitch. I'm also the host of the 3 Fat Nerds Podcast. My name is Rich. And joining me as he does each and every week. He's also one of the hosts here on 6 Podcast Podcasts on Twitch. But you also know him as the host of the Show Juro Parlay Hour Podcast. Better known as the ODPH Talk about KDM! 607 Podcast fam, what is happening? What is going on? What is good? Happy to be back in studio. It's been a week. Ah, yes, 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 yes. And uh, you still have, you're still wearing a mask? Yes. So one of us is being safe.
1: Yes. <laughs> well, you know, as I documented on ODPH this week, and I know you were sharing too as well. I mean, it was no big secret. Uh, unfortunately I had a little bit about it with COVID that is, uh, long in the rearview mirror, but safe than sorry now. So thank you to everybody that shout out their well wishes and checking up on me. Uh, definitely meant a lot, but you know, back in the saddle, here we go.
0: Yes, 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 yes. So good times. And of course you got COVID right in time to not make it to New York city. I know
1: <laughs> of all the fucking times. And of
0: course I just almost tipped over our other <laughs> desk over here. We're very angry on, about this. So. Not on purpose. Yeah. No, actually I was just sitting back in my chair and my arm was on it. I didn't realize how strong I was. Strong like bull. Yes. Uh, Anyways, yes. So, yeah, that's unfortunate for you. Continue to feel better, chum. There you go. Appreciate it, Stu. Good stuff, good stuff. But with that being said, uh, you know, hey, we got a big show. Of course, in the opening contest, we're going to talk about uh, World on GCW. Mm -hmm.
2: uh,
0: Because obviously, that was the big thing that went down this past week. And the mid card, we're going to talk about a bunch of news, AEW, WWE, and uh, Ring of Honor. Yes. And then in the main event... Of the evening, of course, we're going to preview WWE Royal Rumble, one of the pay-per-views I still look forward to to watch.
1: It's always something that will
0: capture the casual fan, the one that's turned off a little bit, and the hardcore. Listen, but- the, the nice part about the Royal Rumble, I'll say it now, we'll probably we'll probably say it later, is the Royal Rumble is my favorite pay-per-view of any given year. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter if I've been watching wrestling or not, there's been times where I didn't watch wrestling, but I just watched the Rumble and Mania. Yeah, WrestleMania season is still <laughs> nostalgia for me. And arguably, I'm not saying that it's great every year, but arguably they still do a good job there. Mm-hmm. Show should only be about Dan Housen today. Uh, I mean, we will be talking about Dan Housen. Very <coughs> nice, very evil. Very nice, very evil. Uh, I mean it's i don't know according to the internet we might be in the minority of liking danhausen oh yeah <laughs> i, I, I want to save my rant for that yeah well wait don't oh, worry i i have a rant myself but yeah yeah the internet the internet does not like danhausen i guess i don't i don't understand it but whatever it is what it is we'll talk about that in the mid card though but before we go any further because we have a big show Ken M, tell the folks how to find yourself in the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour podcast.
1: Very simple. Swing on over to odphpodcast.com. Join the conversation on our social media accounts. Check out the directory. You can find the ODPH on your favorite podcast provider right there, so you can just hit follow, sub, do the whole thing. It's wonderful. Parlay points, new blocks, especially a new blogs count anywhere coming out this week. I'll be talking about Dan Housen, some more Ring of Honor news, Excite Wrestling, and so much more. All that, the Public store, sale going on, last one in January. Links are right there, odphpodcast.com.
0: Yeah, we also have a T-Public store, and you can find the links over at 8122productions.com. Also, you can go to odphpodcast.com and take the link over to 8122productions.com. See what I did there? It's yeah. a long fucking way, but visit both. You yes. know, visit one. You can visit both because you can do the same thing from 8122productions.com. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. It's just weird how that works. <laughs> amazing! Can we say that? Because technically, one of the people on that tag team got canceled. The other was Drew Gulak. Yeah. So, I mean... Eh, whatever yeah uh, but uh, with that being said three fat nerds uh, if you want to get, uh, hit us up on any social medias three fat nerds pod throw an at in front of it if you uh, have to and uh, always like to talk stuff we'll be talking wrestling this week and obviously we won't be live streaming Royal Rumble because I'll be out of town because <clears throat> it's one of the traditions that I go watch with my friend George uh, just like WrestleMania mm. but uh, <clears throat> I'll definitely be tweeting during it my thoughts and opinions and you know all that happy stuff I don't know how much I really'll give later on because I haven't been watching the product but it's there but 8122productions.com for everything else and uh, of course patreon.com slash 8122productions if you want some extra bonus content eventually we'll weasel in some wrestling in there too although we kind of talk about it a little bit i it feels like i have something stuck in my throat all of a sudden i'm like you son of a yeah but anyways with that being said we got a lot to talk about so let's dive in because the people didn't come to hear us talk about ourselves they came to hear us talk about some wrestling (laughs) That's right, it's time for the opening contest, and of course, I already mentioned, we are going to be talking about the world on GCW, which went down this past Sunday from the Hammerstein Ballroom in the city so nice, they named it twice, New York, New York, Uh, and I was there live in attendance as crazy motherfucking Curtis was with me, Uh, and of course, uh, Ken M was supposed to be there with us in attendance, however... The vid got him.
1: <laughs> the worst timing possible,
0: dude. It was I was so I was I was upset for you. Yeah, uh, I did try to get you your prints. However, getting to the merch area, I, I mean, okay, let me talk about some fan stuff from there first. Sure, Hammerstein. Was a dream, man. Uh, I took this really cool picture. If you go back to at three fenders pod on Twitter, and I think I also put it up on Instagram. If not, I I gotta do a photo dump there, but I definitely put it up on Twitter of the line when we got there. And I didn't realize how good of a photographer I am because I got the Empire State Building perfectly lit up in the background as well. Mm -hmm. Because if you guys know anything, if you're walking that way down. West Thirty Fourth Street, the Empire State Building is right in front of you. So it was actually really kind of a cool picture when I looked at it because you could kind of see the Manhattan Center and the and not too distant. We were about a block and a half away. Uh, long ass line. We got there. We we came to the line late on purpose because it's cold as shit. Mm-hmm. But we got right in. They were quick about getting people in. They uh, I got to shout out the Hammerstein staff with that many people, over two thousand people coming in. They walked up and down the streets and they carted and uh, checked our vaccinations and our IDs. And, and wristbanded us in line. Oh, that's cool. So that way going in, all you had to do was go through a quick security check mm-hmm. and then we were in the building. And it was awesome to walk in. I also posted uh, the picture of when I first walked in uh, seeing the big screen that said World on GCW, the ring. And uh, then we had to find, <clears throat> this is one of the first problems that I did have. We had to find where the merch was, which they did later on. We found out they had merch on each one of the balconies okay. by the concession stand small but just gcw tables but in the basement they had like every wrestler that a big gcw stand and ken wanted some run to see if i could get some prints from headlocked i tried i couldn't get anywhere near there uh we were very lucky and got to where the 440 stuff was because the kid and diesel wanted an atticus koger shirt and i bought the i, I was going to wear it tonight but it's super cold so i wore a hoodie and said uh i got the uh i love new york shirt that oh, had 440, nice the 440 over 440 yeah. on it and on the back of course it says hammerstein ballroom the date and everything because was an event specific shirt so it's pretty awesome uh, a lot of the stuff that they put up on gcwmerch.com has already been sold out So they're waiting for a second load up of it because I really did want one of those ECW inspired hoodies, Yes, but they sold out and I couldn't get near the GCW booth even. That's crazy. There was a ton of people and it it wasn't like their fault. It was just like, holy shit, there was just that many people Mm -hmm. and everybody wanted to buy merch and everybody wanted to be a part of it. It was really cool. The atmosphere in the building from the moment we walked in until when we left was amazing. The fans, everybody was super respectful, but at the same point in juncture, they came to have a good time. Uh, that's why some of my uh, ratings of matches, I went back and rewatched it. And, and, and mind you, it was still a good show. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about that later on, even at the end. But uh, being there in the moment was so amazing. And uh, we'll talk about that as we go through. Because let's open up. Uh, the night before, of course, <clears throat> I, I should digress. They had the Independent Wrestling Hall of Fame. Very good event. I uh, loved what they did. Jerry Lynn uh, was inducted by X-Pac. Dave act inducted by CM Punk. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lefisto uh, by Lenny Leonard was really good. That was another really good speech. Homicide got inducted by Chris Dickinson. Uh, Tracy Smothers got inducted and talked about by both uh, Spider Nate Webb and Chris, Chris Hero. Hero. Um, so I thought that they did a great job. And Ruckus. Ruckus got inducted in as well. I thought they did a great job. Uh, I thought that it was a really cool event. Uh, I know that uh, I'm 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 amongst the things. Uh, Dave prazak said Reckless Youth should be in there, and I agree. If you guys don't know who Reckless Youth is, he is one of the fucking OG independent wrestling heroes from the Northeast. And uh, back in the late '90s, early 2000s, he definitely deserves to be in, and, and other people too. But I thought it was a great class. Uh, Lefisto, man. Brought a tear to my eye hearing some of the stories. And even though she was like, don't feel bad. And it's really nice. It, it, it brings a tear to my eye. Now, she said after she's getting booked, like non un- nonstop now. Yes. Like nonstop, And I, I, I love it. She's a legend. If you don't know who Lufisto is, check her out. She's amazing. Uh, she definitely was, you know, she made the point. And I, I'm going to ring this home now and later that the the real women's revolution didn't start on tv for wwe the real women's revolution started in independent pro wrestling Facts. and years ago mm-hmm. and even when i was uh, working in 2cw and even when i was a fan of 2cw we were bringing in sarah del rey mercedes Martinez, sasha banks before she was known as sasha banks as a matter of fact i think we booked her under her real name and lexus uh so it's kind of funny that you know she had multiple uh, so we brought in a lot of people. Portia Perez, of course, was a mainstay mm-hmm. at Two CW. So they met, she mentioned a lot of those folks as well as Dave Prazak, who of course ran Shimmer. Yeah. So like it was a really good night for women's wrestling as well because you had the legends of that. CM Punk gave a great speech. I think uh, I thought it was funny. Yeah, he it was gave nice a good to speech. see him. It was nice to see CM Punk like the way we always knew him. Mm. Uh, I loved how he busted Homicide's ass as well. Yes. (laughs) He's listing everybody but Homicide. He's like, yeah, D, I wasn't going to say your name. But I was like, then all of a sudden I looked at you. I just said, "Sue, Suplex, really? (laughs) I thought it was great. But uh, it was a great night. Uh, you guys can check that out on the Game Changer Wrestling YouTube channel, also on Fight TV. Watch the replay if you didn't get to see it. It was very good. Lots of speeches. What did you think of the Hall of Fame?
1: I thought it was great. I thought Lefisto had the best uh, speech moment of the night too. I, I that one really stuck out with me. CM Punk being there and being normal CM Punk. Yeah, yeah. You know, that like that, that was the takeaway. Like not that happy to be here, CM Punk. He was definitely in his moment, and, and I think everybody there was truly appreciative of the, of the time they had, and what an honor f- to get recognized for independent wrestling.
0: My favorite was he was just dressed in like normal clothes, and he was like, you know, at one land I thought about wearing a suit for Dave Prazak. He was like, then I remembered it was the Independent Wrestling Hall of Fame, and I was like, you know, independent wrestling doesn't really speak suit. He was like, and then I felt like a scumbag, because I really should have worn uh, a suit, but I haven't been home in, like th- in a month. He was like, but uh, then I saw Chris Dickinson, and... Everything got better. (laughs) But let's talk about wrestling. Uh, GCW had the first hour free. The Paps Blue Ribbon Mm pregame was on, and uh, they opened with a 20-man, well, I should say 20-person battle royal, because it wasn't just men. And this battle royal had B-Boy, Brandon Kirk, Charles Mason, Cole Radrick, Dark Sheik, Dustin Thomas, Hoodfoot, Janai Kai, Juicy, Finwa, KTB, Lufisto, Marcus Mathers, Nate Webb, Paro, Psycho Clown, Ruckus, Steve Scott, and Thunder Rosa, along with yo Yeah. And of course, the winner, Big Fucking Vin, wins it all. The son of 911. 911 was there to do a beer salute with his son, got a great pop. It was really nice. If you have ever been to a GCW show or have watched them on TV, you will notice Big Vin. He works outside the ring. He usually sets up for – he does, like, security stuff. He sets up, you know, stuff. He's also on JCW. He's doing a great job down there, and it was a really nice nod to him to have him win. He didn't even know he was winning until that afternoon.
1: That's crazy. But this was just a fun way to open the show. Thunder Rosa was a big surprise. Was not expecting to see her there. She came out last, too, yep. which was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And- uh, Sorry. And not just and just even the setup too because this was a lot of the talent that we've seen in JCW and GCW so it wasn't like any real big names big surprises like the Royal Rumble but it was a nice nod to everybody that's been you know busting their tails here on the East Coast
0: yes uh, and I thought they did a good job of the the people in the match. I, I, I like some of the storytelling they did in there. Uh, like I said, it was it was a lot of fun. You know, Lufisto and uh, Thunder Rosa tear it up. They were in the final four with Charles Mason and Big Vin, so that was cool. Uh, the only thing that I can complain about, and I, I put it out there, and I didn't and it didn't take off like I thought it would. When Spider Nate Webb came out, they did not play the entirety of Teenage Dirtbag. Yes, and so I said that that definitely was weed escape. Hashtag. I- Weed Escape.
1: I thought they tweeted about it, so that's why I just kind of let it go, too. Uh, yeah, that I was, was something upset sh- about it.
0: I was upset about it.
1: I mean, he deserves to have his music played like the Sandman used to come into ECW. This just played the whole damn song while he was in the ring.
0: Next up, we had our second and the only other match on the pre-show, and that was uh, with uh, the six-way scramble match, which we all know we didn't love scramble matches in GCW. Mm-hmm. And how fitting was this? The Grim Reefer, the East Coast legend, the man who's been doing this for over 21 years, defeated Alex Zane, Dante Leone, Jack Cartwheel, Ninja Fucking Mac, and Shane Mercer to uh, win the Scramble match. And you know what? High spots galore. Thought it was a great match. And I was definitely super stoked that the Grim Reefer took it.
1: This is everything you expect from a GCW Scramble match. So I was super stoked about this and Grim Reefer getting the win. Huge moment. I, I met it. During the Bills-Chiefs game, I was sitting there screaming for him to win.
0: I was happy he did in his hometown On a big stage. He deserves it. He's a vet. If you're not familiar, get familiar. Yeah. The last thing to talk about, of course, for uh, GCW's pre-show was Brett Lauderdale came to the ring with Chris Dickinson. And he had a nice little chat to the crowd. And it was a very good moment. Uh, I love being in the New York crowd where he uh, opens with saying, we sell out in Los Angeles and we booed. Mm -hmm. We sell out in Chicago and we booed. We we're going to sell out soon in, 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 in uh, Texas, which they do a good job there. But not the buildings are so large, I'm surprised that they're that close to selling out. And we booed. He finally said, and we set records every time we're in Atlantic City. So we cheered for that because Atlantic City's right down the road. Mm. And then he said, but I'm from Rochester, New York, and I can't think of anywhere I would rather be than in New York City at the Hammerstein Ballroom. And of course, big pops. Uh, he then explained to us where he didn't tell who. But a bigger clue, a business partner of his is the one that said that he saw a million GCWs come and go and it would never last. And that was the pre- pre- precipice for this. And I love how he ju- then jumped in and said, have you seen a million alley catches? I bet you fucking haven't. Mm-hmm. Have you seen a million Effie's? Because there's only one Effie. And with, with, with together, we're going to make wrestling even gayer. And I thought even more gay, sorry. Yeah. I thought that was awesome. And uh, he then, you know, turned around and, you know, brought out the the seat from GCW World. Currie Viva over to Chris Dickinson, hometown boy. Dickinson, you know, let his emo- he got, he got emotional as he does. And I loved it. And the crowd loved it. And we chanted for him because we love him. And then he has got so emotional. He said, you know what? Fuck it. It's going to come out sooner than later. I'm returning spring break weekend. Yes. So it's awesome. Chris Dickinson will be healthy and will be at the collective WrestleMania weekend. I can't wait to see it.
1: This whole moment was a awesome thing to watch. I know everybody's trying to compare it to with Paul Heyman speaking there, but listen, Brett did a great job, and this is for the GCW faithful that have been with him since day one. This is everything you wanted to hear out of him, and definitely I was excited listening to him from home, and then when Chris Dickinson took the mic and announced he was back spring break, I was like, fuck yeah.
0: And then I also like the fact that we had the video, uh, the, the video not package, but pictures of the the people who are no longer with us, who were with GCW along the way and, you know, sadly passed away, mm-hmm. including the late great Danny Havoc, uh, Marcus Crane, who we lost not that long ago. Uh, it was so nice to see, you know. Uh, I, I loved it. I loved every minute of it, and it was a very emotional time for the GCW wrestling fans. And, of course, while they were doing that, we were setting up for the ladder match. <clears throat> the grab-the-brass-wing ladder match is going to start the show. But before then, we got all the uh, ring the, the entrances, if you will. Mm. We get the announcements. We got the entrances from all of the competitors. And uh, we'll talk about that in a minute. Because now we go live. And as they go live, uh, MLJ, I'm going to give him a huge shout out here. Because you guys didn't get to see this at home. Only we got to see this. MLJ, before, as we went right before the video package started. We're going to talk about that in a minute. Because I think it's funny if you guys didn't catch it. He starts going, and when we get there, this is it this is it guys if I ask you to do anything when we go live not only be loud but then we just let everybody know GCW chat let's just do it and everybody's like you know behind it we were chatting MDK at some point in juncture ampening ourselves up anyways uh, the first thing if you didn't notice when they opened the pay per view they had a really low resolution scratchy uh, warning Mm -hmm. that is the world wrestling entertainment warning It even said on it, it's property of World Wrestling Entertainment. They took an old degraded VHS copy of the FBI warning and put it on the screen. I thought that was hilarious. That's incredible. (laughs) All of us in the building are laughing. And then, of course, they went into the opening package, which was, you know, the world on GCW, you know, led to the, you know, one of the best packages they ever did, in my opinion. And then uh, the show opens and, of course... I think that they need to mic the crowd better. That's one of my production notes for them. Mm, I'll give you that. Because when you were if you were there live, it was the loudest GCW chant I've ever heard. We were all on our feet, we were all chanting GCW, giving the energy as 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 J. when he said we were at the Hammerstein, he'd later put on his uh his Twitter that during that he got lightheaded thought he was going to pass out cuz he was so excited. That's why he grabs the rope and takes a breath. Because it was like so, like, it's, it was a dream come true for so people. It's an emotional thing. I mean, this is, to put it in perspective, how many independent
1: promotions run a show at the Hammerstein? I mean, it's a very small list, but they're all notable names. It's not a one-and-done thing. So this is a monumental night for GCW.
0: So uh, going into it, we had the, the grab the brass ring ladder match. Whoever wins this match gets a title shot for the title of their choosing whenever they want. So, uh, in the ring, we had Alex Cologne, G-Raver, Jimmy Lloyd, Jordan Oliver, PCO, and Tony Deppin. And then we got a surprise seventh participant. And that, of course, was the motherfucking truth, A.J. Gray. Unfortunately, Eddie Kingston was not able to come to the show. Mm-hmm. Don't know why. Doesn't matter. Originally, it was going to be A.J. Gray versus Eddie Kingston, which a lot of fans were pumped about. But... Instead, AJ Gray gets added to the brass Ring match. And I'm going to say, for the most part, this match was very good. Yes. There was a couple botches in this match, though. And one, the people at home didn't get to see because the camera angle was so good. And the reason I say that is because I watched it and I was like, wait a minute, you don't get to see it. So G. Raver climbs a ladder and does a senton onto a, onto a ladder that's over Alex Cologne. And the way the camera was angled, it looks like he hit it pretty good. When, we're at, when, you're, when you were there live, he missed over to the right. He's still at the ladder, but he wasn't on top of Thomas
1: Clone. Interesting.
0: So it was a nice little camera angle, which was perfect. Uh, then he proceeds to get crucifix bombed onto a ladder and a table.
1: Yeah, that looked sick as hell.
0: Uh, we had one of the greatest clout cutters of all time from a falling ladder off the rope and then taking Tony Depp and off the thing from Jordan Oliver.
1: Mm, that thing was picture perfect.
0: And then, of course, it's the one that they're all talking about. A.J. <laughs> Gray climbs to the top of a giant ladder outside the ring. And he's going to do a flipping senton, loses his footing, and crashes and burns and eats it onto another ladder that shouldn't have even been there. But thankfully it was yeah. because at least it looked a lot better than him just eating it in the ring. But, you know, I got what he was trolling for. Uh, we got an emergence of John Wayne Murdoch as a... Uh, he embarrassed Alex Cologne and cost Alex Cologne the brass ring. And at the end of the day, though, uh, I do believe the time of the match, 16 minutes and 47 seconds, A.J. Gray grabs the brass ring. So your GCW Extreme Champion has a title shot at any belt of his choosing. How did you feel about the ladder match and A.J. Gray being the one to grab the brass ring? Uh, I was surprised to see A.J. Gray win, but I'm happy about it. I, I'm fully expecting to
1: see him in Mox at some point. Now, that's the only belt I could see him really wanting to use it for. I agree. Uh, I thought the match itself was good. I mean, there's a couple botches, but here's the one thing, too, people got to remember. Not every ladder match is perfect, and there are botches in every single one. So for everybody that's crucifying AJ about that, you got to give him some respect. He was in there, and he was busting his ass, too, and especially a last minute to get thrown in there, obviously with the schedule, card subject to change. I thought he did great. I thought everybody else did. I mean, Jordan Oliver's cloud cutter.
0: Ooh. I mean, it was a good match. Like I said, I'm not gonna crucify something for a couple of botches. Still a great match. Enjoyed it a lot. Next up, we had a match I really, really enjoyed. Six man lucha door match. Oh my god, this match! Team Gringo, Ares, Demotic Flameda, and Gringo Loco defeated the team of Team Bandido, ASF, Bandido, and Laredo Kid. 14 minutes, nine seconds, and they did all the lucha shit. It was amazing. The, fa- the fact that you had the pyramid of oh, you're talking about the chicken? Yes. They played chicken, and ASF hit a destroyer off of two other guys' shoulders. That was one of the most disgusting moves oh I've ever God. seen in my life. The flips, the dips, everything those guys did, I thought was phenomenal. If you're a fan of Lucha Libre, this is right up your alley. You had some of the top talent doing the Lucha as at the end of the match. They all died over. A funny moment happened live. I don't know how it translated because I haven't really watched. I didn't watch this match back. I wish I had a chance to. Uh, during it, we heard Brett get out of the microphone and go, "Take it home." Yeah. because <laughs> they were taking too much time, which was a factor. And we'll get to that at the end of the show, and we'll talk about that more then. Mm. Uh, next up, we had the match that we're okay. So the match we were supposed to get was Blake Christian versus Jonathan Gresham for the Ring of Honor World Heavyweight Championship. For whatever reason, not judging, I've heard different reports, Mm -hmm. uh, but it definitely had to do with protocols. Jonathan Gresham could not make the show, or couldn't perform at the show, I should say. Right. So Blake Christian came out, said that he's going to get his title shot some other time, but since he didn't, he's going to still have a match at the Hammerstein. And he's going to have it against somebody who gives him the best matches, bring him out here, And of course, that man was the man who originally was supposed to be in the brass ring ladder match. We were missing him. G. Raver took his spot. That was the man of the hour, Leo Rush. And if you know anything about Leo Rush and Blake Christian, those two have an amazing chemistry. Mm -hmm. And it was not lost here at the Hammerstein. Once again, all heart Blake Christian showing us why he's going to be or is trying to work to being best in the world. And Leo Rush, woo, we're going to be talking about him a little bit in the mid card as well. Mm Mm-hmm. But uh, he did his thing. Blake Christian wins this match, 12 minutes and 34 seconds. How did you feel about Blake Christian versus Leo Rush?
1: Match of the night. And if you are not on board with Blake Christian right now, I don't know what to tell you. Him and Leo got in there and literally tore the roof off that place. And Leo, and Leo on the indies is absolutely money. And he really stepped up to this. I mean, I think they understood the, the gravity of the situation. They got thrown into this, but, man, they just turned it on, and this could be a new fight forever for me.
0: I want to throw it out there, also for those of you uh, paying attention at home. Leo Rush wearing the Blackheart pants. Yes, well, he was not being the Blackheart, but he wore the Blackheart pants last time him and Blake Christian wrestled. He wrestled Blackheart Leo Rush, mm-hmm. so it was all Heart versus Blackheart, and that was right before Blake Christian got signed to World Wrestling Entertainment, where he became Trey Baxter for a short period of time. Right. Next up was a match that a lot of us were waiting for. And I, for one, I know some people complain about this. I thought it lived up in the hype. Matt Cardona with Chelsea Green in his corner taking on the bad boy, Joey Janela. And when they said, bring your friends, none of us knew what was going to happen. But I thought this was very entertaining. I actually did dig this. I know that there's some mixed uh, things on it. But I thought in the live crowd dug it because we enjoyed all the laughing. I mean, think about it this way. During this match... First of all, we got the tee. They teased what we all thought was going to happen, Chelsea Green turning on Matt Cardona. Mm-hmm. But, of course, it was a swerve ski because broski has the cup on. Yep. So then she cost Joey Janela. But then just as you know, Joey Janela looks like he's going to get some retribution to hit Cardona with a belt, we get smart Mark Sterling mm-hmm. saying, hey, we promised you Vince was going to be here. Vince, come on out. So no chance in hell hits. And outstep somebody wearing a Vince McMahon mask. And then it's revealed to be the artist formerly known as Virgil slash Vincent. Man, it was fuck money himself, baby. Yeah. Woo! How are you feeling about seeing Virgil come out as Vince McMahon? Firstly, was not expecting to yeah, see yeah. him come out in the minute. The crowd enjoyed it. Yeah,
1: way. yeah. I mean, how could you not?
0: So then, Mark Smart, Mark Sterling came down to try to help, and then you know, Janela gets rid of that. He's going to get back in the ring, and he can't get in the ring. That's because. Swaggle yeah. is grabbing a hold of him from under out the room uh, underneath the ring. Dude. Yeah. Well, that brings out Big Sam Stackhouse. Gigantic man, if you've never seen Big yep. Sam Stackhouse. And he does a b- amazing middle term buckle uh moonsault, which he does, but Swaggle gets out of the way. Mm. And then Swoggle, you know, gives him a little f- you know, tadpole splash. splash. And we just think the Swaggle is now going to turn his sights on Joey Janela. But out to save the bad boy is Marco Stunt. Mm-hmm. Marco Stunt beats the hell out of, out of Swaggle. And then he gets beat down by the Cardonas. And now we come to the finish of the match. And we think it's going to go one way. And all of a sudden, there's a man in a long black trench coat and a motorcycle helmet a la Edge at one night stand. And he spears the bad boy through the table, which leads to the Rough Rider, and then we find out the man of the Helmer is none other than Brian Myers. To be expected, but that's not—we're not done with that. Yeah, the, the the crowd now starts pelting them with trash, mm-hmm. which we expected, but all of a sudden, a familiar song comes out. It's the Kings of Rock themselves, Run DMC, doing their rendition of the DX theme, which I was looked at the kid and was like, "Somebody's going to sue somebody's ass." <laughs> And out comes X to the P to the A to the C, the X-Pac, to make the save. I felt bad for him. He did slip out a little bit of uh, trash. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah. When his first kick, he still made it look good. He made it That's look good. That's how going. good X-Pac is. And then he delivers a couple more kicks. And then we almost saw the Bronco Buster before uh, Chelsea Green saves Matt Cardona. And, uh, yeah, we get to party a little bit with the bad boy and x in, X-Pac in the Hammerstein. I thought this was like this did great fan service for the fans in attendance. By the way, the fans in attendance completely bit on the fact that uh, Zach Ryder. Well, I'm sorry, Matt Cardona. Wink, wink. Came out to a kind of. What I'm going to call it a parody of Enter Sandman. Yep. So some reason they thought that the Sandman was there. I don't know. Plus, he also had the uh, fuck
1: McFoley flannel.
0: Yes, he had the fuck McFoley flannel on as well. Yes. Too. yes, yes, yes.
1: See. Uh, see. I think if I had been there, I probably would have appreciated it more. Just watching at home, I just felt it drug on too long. That was my other thing. Like, I'm not mad about it, but I was just sitting there going like, oh man, how many more people are going to have run in on this?
0: Well, unfortunately, it was the longest segment of the 19 minutes and 43 seconds. I will say that.
1: Carl. Yeah, like I was just saying, just watching at home, it just felt like it drug on a little bit. Like after, you know, we we had Swaggo come in and then uh, with uh, Sam came in and then it's like, it just seemed more and more and more. just like, all right.
0: I mean, hindsight being, you know, 2020, because mm-hmm. we're going to talk about this in a minute. Uh, it, they should have kind of cut it down a little bit. Yeah, just I mean, a little bit. There's a couple bit. matches that should have been cut down. They would have cut a couple minutes off of this, especially the Cardona entrance. Yeah. We probably would have gotten there, although it is noted that uh, Cardona spit beer in the face of a GCW super fan. Yes, he did. So, yeah. and, and uh, you know, I, all is well. I'm just saying it was kind of fun. Yeah, like I said, I mean, that's the only thing
1: I have to... You know, critique about this. I just felt like from watching at home. Like I said, if I was there live, it probably would been a whole different vibe because the whole crowd. You could definitely tell was into it, but just at home, it was like, oh, there's just feels too. And
0: as a GCW faithful, Mm -hmm. I can say this unequivocally, and you could tell it in the Hammerstein. We love to give. Matt Cardona's shit. Oh, yeah. And that's what we're going to do. But everybody in that room respects Matt Cardona. And, and it, it really, they do. And I mean, Cardona put out some very nice tweets before and after the event that were not in character, mm-hmm. where he was very thankful for to Brett and GCW for bringing him into to a dream. This is the greatest moment of his career, he said. Uh, before the show, when he came in, he was talking about his goosebumps and how awesome it's going to be to see all the GCW fans in there. And he knows that we're going to tear it up and that the company's going to you know, fucking tear it up. It was, it, you know, there's real parts where you're like, he does go hard for GCW. And the fans respect and appreciate that. We're still going to boo the fuck out of him. We're still going to yell Hoski at his, his wife. Yeah. Which we did. Uh, <laughs> but, but, you know, we still respect him. Now, I don't remember if it was here or not because I'm blanking and Cage Match doesn't list outside things. But we did get Mance Warner's return.
1: Yes, it was right after this.
0: To the ring. Mance Warner, old Mance, who came out, thankfully. Not the simple man, because we'd still be sitting in the hammer sign right now. <laughs> I love Mance. We all know I that. was
1: surprised that we didn't hear it, to be honest He,
0: he walks to the ring. Everybody is excited. And he, uh, you know, says that he told everybody he would crawl the damn ring if he had to. Mm-hmm. He's there. He's excited. He'll be back soon. And he gets cut off by Atticus Coger. And Atticus says, you know, you just don't get it. I get it. You know, somebody like me who bust their ass and other guys who bust their ass and SGC is just Brett's little bitches. Yeah. And this brings out the rest of 440. And then they beat uh, Well, first bancer says that uh, 440 is making their way out. We can see this. I don't think you can see this on camera. And basically, Manser says, they said I couldn't wrestle, but they ain't said I couldn't whoop a bitch ass motherfucker's yes. ass. So he gets at Atticus and they get him down and 440 makes it. And then out comes Matthew Justice. They get the best of him and then the lights go out. And when the lights come back on, of course, we could see the whole time. But when the lights come back on, we got the whistle and we got the Sabu. So we got Bill Alfonso and Sabu in the ring. Sabu threw some lethal ass chairs. Yeah. And of course, as always, Gregory Iron <laughs> gets stuck in the ring to eat everybody's finish. I love it. And uh, my only detraction from this is not even time, by the way. I think all these guys deserve time. And that's the problem. I, my one qualm, and I'm going to go back to this at the end. I'm not going to linger on it too long. Atticus Coger, Matthew Justice. I understand Mass Warner's still hurt, but those two alone deserved a match at Hammerstein. Facts. They did not just deserve to be out there, and the crowd definitely said thought that the crowd is the, the New York crowd was pro Atticus. We had a lot of Atticus chance again, even though they they want a kid and turn him back heel. But I think the kid's on to something, and. It's just, it, I, I once again, I'll get into the end when I kind of give my, my bow up, but I really think that that was the one biggest disservice on this show, besides the timing issues, which we'll talk about, is that Atticus and Matthew Justice didn't have matches this night. If I was booking
1: this show, I would just ran back Atticus and Matthew Justice from, Absolutely. from the Detroit show. I was actually surprised to see Sabu back because I thought that was a one and done. But apparently, it was not.
0: actually nice though at the yeah, Hammerstein. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: I'm, I'm not complaining. Right? No, no. I just say it was surprising. But I think like if you took him out of the equation and just had those two have a match because they deserved it. If you want to talk about the people that built your company, what? I mean.
0: Well, you could have had the two of them have a match. You could have still had all those people. Right. Involved. You just have just could have just have managers to do a run in. Yeah. Managers, a fort run-in. You know, Matt's Warner could that's have made what I'm that saying. return. And then, of course, Sabu could have still, caught, you know, helped win the match for Matthew Justice. Nobody says that Atticus has to go over. You know what I mean? I do like how the he, he DT's he was going to do the skewers in New York City. Yeah. Well, that, that's I all, would have loved to see it. But well, that was the whole thing. Like,
1: they deserved the match. So instead of doing that interview segment, they could have done that. And then Mance could have just came out at the end. To do, you know, hit somebody with a chair or something like they could have done something a little different. So, I have to say, I thought they dropped the ball there.
0: Right. Well, like I said, I'll, I'll put another bow on it at the end, but sure. I, that was one of the more egregious things that me personally. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Next up, we had the dream match, and it sure the fuck lived up to it. Ally Catch oh. versus Ruby, Ruby, Ruby Soho, and I want to throw this out there. Firstly, Ali Catch with the Lady Gaga music and the Lady Gaga look, fucking phenomenal. Absolutely, And she came out like a star. That crowd gave her every bit of energy she deserved. Ruby Soho, man, she had a moment. You could tell at the top of the stairs because the crowd was very loud singing her theme music. She was very excited. And we cheered both ladies on. Of course, Allie catches our girl. This match was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. These two put on a show. I only put this behind the Blake Christian-Leo Rush match. And that's a very big compliment, because I the, I'm almost say, would say they're on the same par. Very good. At the end of the day, Ruby Soho gets the win. Hammerstein turned on her a little bit, because we wanted our girl to win. We wanted alley catch, but Ruby wins, which we were fine with. She understood. It was funny, because we booed her when she won, and she just looks out at everybody. She's like, I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> like, yeah. She apologized to the fans, and we're like... <laughs> then we kind of cheered for her, because we felt bad that she... I'm like, no, you did what you're supposed to do. But we just wanted to see... Our person win,
1: yeah. See, this was a phenomenal match. Like I think this deserves a lot more praise than it's getting because these two women absolutely tore it up in that ring, and I'm not I'm not so shocked at the ending because I feel that Ruby's going to be sticking around in GCW. And we'll see this get ran back on a bigger stage, too.
0: I can I see that as well. And she definitely enjoyed the crowd. She definitely enjoyed being there. I saw her up in the rafters later, just like I, I got the picture of Alex Zane up in the rafters. Hopefully, I thought he was going to drop in like Sting yeah. and take out the Cardonas. That would have been great. Um, I love the match, though, and no, no qualms, really, with Ruby winning, except for the fact that I would have loved to see Ali win, just because it's our girl. Right. Next up, we got the match that I, I dare say none of us really wanted to see... But we understood it from a business perspective. And I will say nice things. We had Jeff Jarrett versus Effie. Mm. First thing that I got to say, Jeff Jarrett's music was fucking awesome. Yeah. They mixed that TNA thing in with that real dark and whatever. It was cool as shit, especially live. Like we all were like, wow, like in our section, we're looking at each other like, wow, that music's really good. So that was one of the takeaways I had. Effie, of course, got a huge ovation. Effie's definitely our guy. And he got a huge ovation. People are singing, you know, goodbye Yellow Brick Road. It was a great time. Uh, I believe, honestly, I'm going to say it, I thought this match got a little bit too much time because of what they were going for. They were going for more of a story match. Jeff Jarrett whipped him with a belt for an uncomfortable length of time. hmm I thought they could have cut some of that down and still made it whatever because that's it really wasn't a wrestling match as much as it was a fight. Yep. Fe had some offense, don't get me wrong. Jarrett's offense was mostly him whipping him with a belt. At one time, he ties him with the belt to the corner. Of course, Daddy knows how to untie himself from situations with a belt, let's mm. be honest. It's not his first rodeo. Right. And I'm going to praise the end of the match, though. I thought the finish of this match was very good because I've never seen it before. Uh, at the end of the match... Uh, They tussle over the guitar. Jarrett does get a hold of it. You know, Al kabongs him with the guitar. Once again, staying around Effie's head. Effie, though, instead of going down, fires up Hulk Hogan style. Mm -hmm. And then Jeff Jarrett grabs a hold of him and gives him the stroke while wearing the guitar around his neck and pins him while the guitar is still around his neck. For the one, two, three, Jeff Jarrett wins. Didn't like Jarrett winning. However, the ending of the match was very good. And here's what I'll say, because I'm, I'm going to probably... It's it's one of those things where I'm going to talk about it again at the end. If Jarrett's coming back and we're doing more business with Jeff Jarrett, I'll, overall, I'll be fine with this. Just because of the finish was good. I do like the new music he uses in GCW. If this was a one-and-done with Jeff Jarrett, I think this was a missed opportunity having F.E. lose. I think
1: the belt sequences kind of went a little too long, and I think that hurt the match. I love the storytelling they were doing. I love the ending, too, with Effie hulking up and then, I mean, having to do the stroke on the guitar. I thought it it looked really
0: cool, the stroke
1: on the guitar. That looked brilliant. No, that absolutely looked brilliant. I do agree with you. If Jarrett's one and done, this was a waste, and this is going to be a a sad
0: disappointment. But I think that he's coming back. I I truly do. I do. I like the last – we thought he was going to be the law. I like this last outlaw storyline. Last yeah. Outlaw, Jeff Jarrett could win me over in the long run if he comes back. I think you could have run this match back. I think there's other matches Jeff Jarrett could have. With that being said, it did get a little... If you This is another one of those matches when we're going to be talking about the time issues later. If you would have shaved a few minutes off, because I think you still get the story over, yeah. shaving a few minutes off because most of it would have been the whipping of Effie. and You could have you just done that less time and have been fine. Mm-hmm. I really think that this is going to add into later. <clears throat> but let's talk about next up. Was the GCW World Heavyweight Championship on the line, independent wrestling hall of famer and winner of the uh, right to get this shot in that rumble and uh, the, in Atlantic City on New Year's Eve, Homicide went one-on-one with the returning, reigning, undisputed and defending GCW World Heavyweight Champion, John Moxley. I made the joke to Aiden in the Stands, and a couple of people around us were making the joke. If he didn't come out to shitless, we were going we to boo but John Moxley, which we were never going to boo mm-hmm. John Moxley. But, of course, he came out the shit shitless. Yeah. And uh, I'll, I'll tell you what. Mox looks like a million bucks. Mm-hmm. And if you didn't know, there was some emotion with Mox. He, I think that New York crowd, that GCW crowd, did a lot for him. Uh, we cheered for him. We said, welcome back. We made sure. And then, of course, we gave him the fuck bully Ray chant that was heard worldwide. That was incredible. And uh, everybody in that in that building meant that. We'll talk about that more in the mid card. So I'm not going to talk too much about it. But the fuck, bully Ray Chan was amazing. This is a good match. Mm-hmm. Uh, him and Homicide. This is win 11 minutes and third, or 11 minutes and 14 seconds, and still your GCW World's Heavyweight Champion, John Moxley. Good match. I mean, you know, Homicide's getting up there in age, but he still put on a show. Moxley, you know, definitely brought you know Moxley energy. Great finish with the dirty deeds on. The chair, Mm -hmm. open, well, first on a closed chair, then on an open chair. Yeah. Uh, I liked it. I loved it. I think Mox did a great job. I think he looked like a million bucks. What did you think about this match?
1: Two season vets doing their thing. I mean, this was a a worthy main event. Uh, Moxley back in there was definitely feeding off the energy of the crowd. The crowd was definitely into this, as they said, fuck uh, fuck bully Ray.
0: So everything about this was a win-win. Homicide looked great, too. Well, that means there's only one match left. There's the main event of the evening for the GCW World Tag Team Championships. Your champions, them boys, the Briscoes, Jay and Mark, open challenge. Anybody who thought they were man enough to come fight them, and of course, FTR was a name a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Found out that that wasn't ever a thing. They were never even planning for that uh, because they had a plan the whole time. Now. Everybody in attendance knew what was going to happen when we heard the first person come out. Yeah. So the Goes are in the ring. And separate ways hits.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Which
0: the crowd goes nuts because we know this is a legend in our, for us. I mean, this is definitely fans' main event. Yeah. Because Matt Tremont's coming out. We got the clapping going. Everybody's cheering for Matt. But everybody in that building started looking around going, there's only one person who could be his partner who has yet to be on this show. And there's only one person that if you weren't going to do the FTR match, that we'd be excited to see. Mm-hmm. Sure enough, there's a pause. And this was the perfect pause. Now there's people who criticize us because of them running out of time. Here's the thing. They were, they were already going to be out of time and you should have never sacrificed this pause because this pause was magic mm-hmm. because during the pause in between Tremont coming to the ring and his partner, we got an MDK chant mm-hmm. that turned into a Nick fucking Gage chant. And it was everybody in that building. And when we saw Dewey Donovan walk out on the stage and the bell hit, For Whom the Bell Tolls, that building lit up. And the, the memory of that night being there live, and even for people who seeing it at home, would be Nick Gage returning to GCW, standing on that stage, And the mosh pit and the fans consuming him and everybody chanting as hard as they can, MDK. Some people don't get Nick Gage. I get it. But for those of us who do, there's just something. There's a connection between the fans and Nick Gage that even for me as a a guy who loves Nick Gage can't explain. There's just a connection. I always say it's because he's one of us. He's, he's just like the rest of us. He's made mistakes. He's had successes. And you feel good to root him on. Not to mention the fact that you know that he truly appreciates it and lets us know every chance he gets that he loves us. And, I mean, that's something. People overlook it. That is something. And that was no different that night. The only thing I felt bad for is we got the abbreviated entrance for him as Mm -hmm. far as ring announcing but the cool part is we all yelled it along because of course mlj skipped to write to he's the leader of the murder death kill gang and yeah you know already fucking know it's mdk and the entire crowd the loudest i've ever heard it yelled all fucking day and then we joined in to do the man the king the god of this shit nick fucking gauge we all yelled it it was amazing he grabs the mic real quick just to say where's my motherfucking gang at MDK all fucking day, and it was fucking awesome. And the match started, because they didn't have much time left. When they hit the ring, I looked at Aiden and the people next to me, and it's 11, when he's walking to the ring, it's 11.52, or no, 1052, 10.52, sorry. And I know we're on traditional pay-per-view. So that means 11 o'clock is the cutoff. So I'm like, ooh, this match is going to be real short. And, man, they they did the best what they could. Because, I mean, I love the spot in the beginning where just Nick Gage, they look, the bell rings, it looks like they're going to square up, and Nick Gage just runs and charges through Jay Briscoe through a fucking door. Yeah. I mean, I didn't like the fact that it was only five minutes and 38 seconds. Of course, at the end of the day, and new GCW World Tag Team Champions, the hate club, Matt Tremont and Nick fucking Gage. But I knew why they had to do it, because you wanted to get to Nick Gage's speech on television. Yeah. And... It sucks, like I said, if you would have shaved some from the Jarrett match, shaved some from the Lucha match, which they did go over, by the way. Uh, shave a tiny bit from the ladder match, a tiny bit from uh, definitely from the Cardona match. You could have lost about four minutes and made it tighter. You know yeah. what I mean? You would have ended up having a good 10, 15-minute match there, and nobody would have complained with a 12-minute match, honestly. yeah. Uh, but I do understand the importance of getting to Nick Gage speaking, which was awesome, telling the crowd that, yes, I was at home, I was uh, some injuries, getting my mind right. And every fuck, you know, he's like, I'm going to take a personal moment every day. One, a bunch of you guys every day would message me. You got this. Keep your head up. You'll, you know, you'll get better. You'll be back. We can't wait to see you. We miss you. We love you. And he was like, and I love you motherfuckers for that. And it was a moment. I'm sorry. It was a great moment. And then he went into the MDK all fucking day again. And we all had a good time. And, you know, we ended with a beer bash in the fucking ring as they went off air. And of course it continued as we were standing there in the hammer stain. It was a great party. I wish it was longer. How'd you feel about the main event? You know, obviously being shortened because of time restraints, but how'd you feel about it overall? Excuse me.
1: Well, if you couldn't get FTR, there was only one person that was going to come out and close the show. Cause what I originally thought they were going to do is FTR was going to come out. It was going to be a short match, and then you see Nick Gage come out to defend the honor because like, I could see FTR winning the belts, and him like, you're not leaving here with our belts and defending the house. But this made sense for GCW because there is no other person that represents everything GCW is about than Nick Gage. He had to be on the show. There was no way he was missing this show. And when he came out, and him and Shremont, too, this was the perfect team you could put on the end of the show, and nobody was mad about it. Nobody that's, nobody that's a real GCW fan.
0: And we already know in Texas they are defending the belts against the Rejects. Right. So Hate Club versus the Rejects, I'm assuming that'll be death ish Yes. Which will be awesome. Uh, overall, like I said, the show was good. Now, you know, I, I can't say the show was, was great. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've come off this long stretch of, like, unbelievable fucking bangers for GCW. And by no means am I saying that this show is horrible or we hated this show, but even fans, we all know that this show could have been better.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And I saw a lot of people who aren't GCW fans making fun of the time issue. And uh, if, you are a f- if you are a fan, and I, I, I mind you, I always say love what you love, but don't take shots about time, especially if your company doesn't keep time on shows either because AEW is very well known for fucking botching time spots. So don't don't be like oh we're better than you. It doesn't matter. We should all be in it together for wrestling fans, especially since there were a lot of AEW guys on the show on the card. Mm-hmm. But uh I'm not even concerned about that. I mean, I know that there was some people for the first time and I kind of saw 50-50. I know a lot of people, you know, that watch the product went, you know this isn't the best that we have to offer. Uh we have way better shows, you know, in in the light, like I said the last few months have been killing it. But they tried something different. They tried to get more casual fans. And I understand business-wise why what happened. And it kind of paid off to an extent because I thought it was 50-50 because I saw a lot of the casual fans to watch. The 50% were like, I don't get it. And the other 50% were like, you know what? I'm hearing from people this isn't their best show. But I enjoyed it. I was entertained. And if this is not their best show, I want to check out more shows. Mm -hmm. So it did do its business to grow the audience. But I don't think that this was the best show put forward. I did not like the fact that... And I'm not saying that, and, you know, I understand because I worked in the wrestling business. wins and losses don't mean anything. But the fact that both Ali Catch and Effie lost, and those are, are two people that even mentioned personally by Brett, like I, I didn't like that both of them lost. And even though the, I, I already said, yeah, I can see them doing big business, bringing it back. I just I just didn't like the fact that they both lost. I thought one of them at least should have won. Uh, that's just my personal take. I also was very unhappy that Atticus Coger and Matthew Justice were not on this card. They did that spot, but they weren't on the card. And, and I feel like that's the pressure that a lot of the fandom has brought. Even the diehards were like, hey, it was a good show. Let's take away the positives. If you were there like me, the atmosphere was so amazing that I can't describe... I'm willing to let a lot of anything go because being in that building that night was amazing. Mm-hmm. I've been to WrestleMania. I've been to other gigantic shows, SummerSlams and such. The energy in that building matches up to a WrestleMania. I understand uh, 83,000 people to 2,000 and like 2,300 or whatever it was is, is a lot, but yeah. the energy was there. The fans were there. They were ready and passionate about it, and that's why we felt differently being there. But I can understand watching it back or watching it not there because you weren't there by you'd be like, oh, it's a good show. And I can understand why fans of the product, like yourself, and I, I haven't even I haven't talked to Lou yet about how he felt about it or anything. But like I I can understand why fans were like, ah, it wasn't our best show. And even then, a lot of them were like, oh, it was still good. You know, you still got Blake versus Leo. Mm. You still got that six man that was phenomenal. Yeah. You still got the women's match that was phenomenal. So it's not like you didn't get great matches. It's just it wasn't up to snuff as a GCW fan. And and it can't echo harder before I turn it over than what Brett Lauderdale put out. Mm -hmm. Of course, we all know it was reported. We don't know the numbers, but we were reported that this was a hit as far as money-wise. This was a financial success and then some, is what all the reports had said. And Brett says, Sunday was a smash hit business-wise for GCW. All records shattered and it's not even close. But I'm not happy at all. Feel like I let a lot of people down. Got played, and I should have known better. Big-time learning experience. Going to work harder than ever to get a second chance. So the stand-up about this is even Brett goes, I don't think this is the best that we had to offer. We've done better, and now I'm going to do it again. So I, I kudos to him for coming out and speaking to the fans about that. How did you feel about the show overall? Overall, I gave the show
1: like a B, B-grade um, because I thought – Action-wise, it was great. I agree with you. I thought Allie and Effie both losing was not best for business as a decision. Like, I would have been okay if Allie had lost and you build up a big rematch with her and Ruby, but you had to have Effie go over, then Jared do a cheap shot to do something at the end. That would have made more sense. I don't like it that Kogar and Justice were not in a match. I, I really have strong feelings about that because, in my opinion... They are some of the unsung heroes at GCW. They go in there and really, if you talk to fans and you're not mentioning Nick Gage, they're the guys that you're talking about. SGC, 440, they deserve their time to shine. And the fact that it didn't happen and we did like an extended program out, just me watching at home, just like the cardona Janella match just had so much going on. If that was cut down, maybe a couple people weren't there. You could do something backstage for YouTube or whatever. And give those, give, you know, Kogar his time. I thought that way it came off a lot better. But I'm not mad about the product. I'm not mad about the show. Like I said, it's a BB minus range, but I hold GCW in that much high regard that that's still a great show. And I still tell people you should watch the show. And for anybody that is complaining about the timing issues and, oh, the main event was cut short, I just want to remind everybody about a little pay per view that happened a few years ago. It's called All In. And didn't the main event there notoriously get cut short? Oh, yeah, big time. So before anybody starts pointing fingers and making comments, remember this happens when anybody makes the jump from the indie shows where you're allowed to do whatever you want because you don't have time constraints to a mainstream opportunity to capture more fans, and GCW just got caught up with it. I guarantee you this, though. When they're back, and note I said, when... This isn't going to be an issue next time around.
0: Oh, I guarantee you. And you know, what the other thing is, I think that they should have just stay on Fight. I understand mm-hmm. I've I'm doing the pay-per-view thing just because it is a big milestone and I I fi- I'm fine with it at the end of the day. But there is a big difference between not having to worry about die hard time and having to worry about you have your time. Mm-hmm. And so it did play a part. Um, speaking of which, real quick, we got a couple of news things that I'm going to lump into this just because they're GCW things and the first thing I got is the the you know, you, you, you do things good sometimes in the media and you do things bad sometimes in the media. Sometimes you're the hero. Sometimes you wear a egg, egg on your face. And Fightful, Fightful this past week, did both for GCW. First, where they did good is on Friday they put GCW star Jeff Jarrett appears on WWE SmackDown. Riding them coattails, but it's kind of funny they put GCW yeah,
1: star. That was a shock to read.
0: I thought that was interesting. But then uh, they got played. Uh huh. Because they ran an article that says, Nick Gage, colon, I'm not on the GCW Hammerstein show. Go ask the guys that own the company why. So Jeremy Lambert wrote the article for Fightful, and it was actually their number two thing of the week. And uh, he said, uh, despite being the biggest star in the company, Nick Gage is not currently booked for the show. As the year turned to 2022, Gage said he took time off the heel injuries and get his mind right. He says, and then he quotes Nick Gage from this, and and this is what he says. Nick Gage said, I want to say thank you, and for Hammerstein, I ain't on that fucking show. You know, I don't know why I'm not on that show. You better go ask the fucking guys that own that fucking company. I do my own motherfucking thing. I represent murder, death, kill, gang, okay. In 2022, we're going to take shit over. So fans haven't, and then he goes on to say, fans haven't seen Gage in GCW since... He lost to Minoru Suzuki at GCW War Ready on October 23rd. And then they tell you where they can view the lineup for the pay-per-view. So they ran this like Nick Gage wasn't going to be at the Hammerstein. Mm. And I thought it was hilarious that they got played by Nick Gage. Oh, yeah. Like, there was nobody that thought, like, nobody, me, you, we all said it. It's going to happen. He's going to fucking be there, and he did. Yeah. And it was the biggest pop of the night, just like we said it was going to be. And that's what it was for. Kudos to Nick Gage for throwing people off the scent. I don't know how the hell you bite on that one. I'm just going to throw that out there. So as far as I'm concerned this week, ladies and gentlemen, I do believe that we have to give Fightful the... uh... Got to. I love it when they mess up, but uh, all coding aside, Sean said, watch your people, man, because how the hell did they think that that was real? <laughs> ah, I, uh, I have no idea. I just wanted to bring that one up. All right, so now, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to take a brief break. While we're on break, you are going to hear our good friend Tom Jolu again. As a matter of fact, if you're on Patreon, patreon.com slash 8122productions you would know that we have a show that we're testing out that's going to get a name change before it goes live, but we're working it out behind the scenes. Right now it's being called 3FN After Dark, and it's just on Patreon. Eventually it's going to be in its own world. It's going to have a new title, etc., etc. You get to hear Ken M do the warning before the show. Mm -hmm. I still have to clean that up a little more, but it's still fun to hear you tell forewarn people what they're listening to. On that show, we actually use a song from our good friend Tom Joe Lewis called When Life Gives You Lemons, Have a Party. So you're going to hear that during the break. If you're watching on Twitch, you are going to see the information for the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour podcast. When we come back, we're talking wrestling news, AEW news, Danhausen. We're also going to be talking about Ring of Honor and so much more when we come back from this break. And we're coming back from the break. It's time to hit you with the mid card. It's time to talk some news from around the world of pro grappling. And of course, where would we start? You know, we're coming to you later in the week because, uh, obvi- well, obvious reasons. We talked about it in the beginning of the show, mm-hmm. but we are coming to you later in the week. So that means that Dynamite actually happened this week before we came here. Yes. And of course, we would have probably, if we had the show on Monday, talked about the speculation around Dynamite and their special show, Beach Break, live from the beach capital of the world, Cleveland, Ohio, (laughs) which made a lot of people wonder, what the hell is going on? Yeah. Or as the hurricane used to say, what's up with that? But everybody thought Johnny Gargano, Johnny Wrestling was going to become All Elite. I never thought that, but
2: yeah,
3: and I'll give know. you a
0: reason why. And it's not that I don't think he'll end up there or won't be there ever or whatever, but I'll give you a reason why later. But I don't want to take away from the important part here because mm-hmm. he's kind of my back end to this. So during the main event, which the main event for the night was pre- booked between two very highly popular wrestlers in AEW and in wrestling period, the, imp- the, you know, the in- incomparable Adam Cole Bye-bye. and the unstoppable Freshly squeezed Orange Cassidy. And during this match, at one point in juncture, Adam Cole goes to retrieve some weaponage from under the ring and he pulls out Dan Housen. Yes. Who proceeds to curse Adam Cole. Baby. And for me, sitting at home, I marked out like a little kid. I was like, hey, Dan Housen's here. He's in AEW. Great signing. This guy's guy a, a, a term to print fucking money mm-hmm. because this guy's one of the highest t-shirt sellers and he's not even with a major promotion. And I thought this was a perfect fit. I love it. Let's start with that. How did you feel about Dan? And of course, after the show, we did get the official Dan Housen is all elite. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about Dan Housen showing up at beach break and being all elite? What a big surprise. I'm super happy to see him
1: in, in AEW. I was fearing that he, if he was going to go to WWE, they would water down the character, but now he gets to do Danhausen, be very nice, very evil and make lots of money. This is such a win-win for both AEW and him. So I'm super excited about this.
0: I want to say Stu says, I have no idea whatsoever where Danhausen fits into AEW, but I'm excited for him. Listen, I'm glad you said that. Cause that actually helps me segue. Um, I'm excited for him to be there, and I think where he fits in is you can never have too many guys who the crowd loves, and you get a lot of people out here that were upset, and I understand a lot of it is because a lot of people expected Johnny Gargano. Mm-hmm. Let's be honest, and is Danhausen Johnny Gargano? No, no. But Danhausen is Danhausen, one of the most entertaining wrestlers in the world today. Like I said, he sells a lot of merch. He's a lot of people are fans. You know, my wife isn't a big wrestling fan, mm-hmm. but she loves that Danhausen. Yeah, there's a lot of people like that, and here's where where it is. Is Dan Housen ever going to be all elite wrestling heavyweight champion in the world? Probably not. Just like we said about Orange Cassidy. Probably not. But here's the thing. There is a place for entertaining and fun acts to be in wrestling. I don't think Dan Housen's 100%. I don't think he's going to be clear to wrestle. But Dan Housen can be on the mic. Dan Housen can be in the back. Where he fits in, think about our truth Yeah. Danhausen could be your R-Truth guy in the back, messing up people's names, messing up all sorts of things. I mean, we already have some fun because the ass boys. Yes. They're not happy about it, although Billy Gunn is like, hey, my best friend Danhausen's here. These boys are going to learn to accept the ass. <laughs> and it's hilarious. And you have on top of that, you had, uh, uh, you know, um, MJF, was... MJF was like, Oh Jesus. Because of course we have MJF housing. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it's a lot of fun. There's some built-in stuff that they've been doing in the, you know, outside of AW that actually couldn't fit in now in the locker room, uh, including Lance Archer, the murder Hawk monster. He's like, damn it. He follows me everywhere. <laughs> Cause there's this storyline where Dan Housen stole his stuff. And then he stole other stuff to give to Lance Archer to get him not to be mad at him. Yeah. It is. It's. It's a lot of fun. This the Danhausen character is a lot of fun. Once again, you can never have. You know, in wrestling, a lot of guys can do the moves. Mm-hmm. A lot of guys can wrestle their ass off. I'm not saying that it, everybody can, but a lot of guys can. There's very few guys who can do a gimmick that draws like a Danhausen can or like an Orange Cassidy can. So you could have a couple of those guys on a roster to do some comedy relief. Also, if they if they want to be serious, they're still going to be entertaining and gimmick guys. So at the end of the day, it's good for the company because they're going to bring in new eyes. Kids are going to like Danhausen. Adults, like I said, my wife's going to like Danhausen. You know, it's going to be cool. Danhausen can come out and be in the ring. I mean, he's not going to be world champion, but he can come out while John Moxley's out there. You know, John Moxley told somebody to go fuck themselves. Hmm. You don't swear in front of Danhausen. Yes. So Danhausen would be like, no swearing. You know, like so you could have a fun time with that. Is he going to beat John Moxley? No, but you can have fun with it. And that's what wrestling is supposed to be about. So I think it's a great fit from there. They don't have a lot of those guys. They have a lot of wrestling guys. Mm. And that's not a problem. I love the in, We've said that before. I love the in-ring work there. Storylines, eh. They're an afterthought. Sometimes they hit. Lots of times they don't. But it's nice to have some entertainment. And you have Orange Cassidy, and that does well. Now you have Dan Housen. So you got two guys that you can put. And like I said, with, with Dan Housen not being 100% yet, so I, I, I'm i assuming he can't be cleared yet. Right. I know it's coming along well, but he can't be cleared. So now you can just do him in the back, and I, I say our truth it, where he walks in on conversations. He already does the messing up people's names and, and everything else, and it's fun. So that, I, that's what I would use him for, personally. And then when he can get in the ring, he can go in the ring. Contrary to most people, he's actually a good wrestler. Mm-hmm. But he's comedy, and it's fun.
1: The thing about this move is... One, I have been screaming on this show and on ODPH, put him on commentary, especially Friday nights on Rampage, and watch the improvement that happens there. He's a character that gets over no matter what you're going to plug and play him in the show. And for a company like Rich touched upon, too, that has the elite wrestlers, you, de- you do need that entertaining factor that he can bring. And imagine him with Orange Cassidy. and Imagine him with... Some of the other talent is super serious on the show. This is such a win-win, and for anybody that's disappointed about Johnny Gargano, look, I've already been saying we're going to see him at double or nothing at the earliest. He's due to become a dad anytime soon. He's not going to be wrestling.
0: Oh, I've been saying that for a while. Yeah. I don't think you're going to see Johnny Gargano till this, wrestle on a show till the spring or summertime. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 Candice is due in February. And so, therefore, I don't think he's going to do anything and make those things. So he, he I, I think he wants to be there for the birth of his child. Yes, and I don't blame him. Exactly. Uh, Stu says people who don't appreciate Danhausen shouldn't be watching wrestling, and I agree. But the internet was full of people like I was shocked. I was legitimately shocked today when I was on Twitter and, and people were complaining about Danhausen. Yeah, and I was like, Are you fucking kidding me? And I understand. There were some people out there about her that they thought it was going to be Johnny Gargano. I mean, Johnny Gargano understood that. Johnny Gargano put this statement out. He said, I heard you, and you have no idea how much it means to me that you're excited to see me back at it. It's scary to step away because your insecurities say they'll forget about you, but you haven't forgotten, and I promise that I will make it up to you ASAP. Hashtag Johnny Wrestling. He put that out on his Twitter. Yeah. So he knew, and he's he, he's friends with Dan Housen. Mm-hmm. Like, Dan Housen came through AIW. You know, Johnny Gargano taught at the AIW school, you know, and I've I've made the comment that if AIW decides to be at the collective this year, which they haven't said if they are going to or not, mm-hmm. but if they ought to know or decide that they're going to be there because they have alluded to not wanting to be there just because they don't want to travel to Texas,
2: mm-hmm.
0: that means that Gargano is going to be on that show because that's, that would be a big feather in their cap. And he, of course, I think he would wrestle for AIW. That's the company that he came from. Right. He's he taught at their school and then he'll make, can make his decisions from there. But I'm not even saying that's a guarantee. I'm just saying that's the earliest. And that would be April. Mm-hmm. April first. The thirty-first of March, April 1st, April 2nd, somewhere in there. That WrestleMania weekend. I agree. So I don't I I just I just don't think that this fair to take it out on if that's your reasoning. Okay, I understand you're upset. That's fine. But it's not the reason to take it out on Danhausen. And for anybody, and I'm with I'm with Stu. If you don't appreciate Danhausen, what the fuck are you doing? Who do you appreciate? Let me know. Yeah. Let me know who you appreciate. Because Danhausen's great and he's entertaining. Like I said, my wife doesn't even like wrestling because me and the kid watch it so much. Mm. But man, she loves that Danhausen. I'm not joking. She watches him on YouTube with me. She has a Danhausen shirt. You can ask Ken. She was real upset when I came back from New York Comic Con. Yeah. I bought her a cool shirt there and she was upset that I didn't buy her a Danhausen shirt, even though. I couldn't get near Dan Housen all day because when, when we were around him, it was too long. The line was too long. And when, we were, when, we, were, uh, when we were free, he wasn't there. Yeah. Because we were working. We were, we were pressed. Couldn't just stand and wait in line all day for Dan Housen. Right. I had like a million things to do. But anyways, I ended up buying her a shirt then. So she got her. Besides, she wanted the shirt that I bought her for Pro Wrestling Tees, the, the CM Punk looking one. With yeah, the T. The, the, the back it says, very nice, very evil. That's the one she wanted. He didn't have that for sale at New York Comic Con. No, he had something different for sale because yeah. he has a million shirts. Once again, a reason why you signed the guy—he has a million shirts and they sell. Yeah, he was selling more shirts than guys who were signed. He makes money in his sleep. Bring yeah. him all the bring him all the sacks of money. Yes, bring him the monies. I'm just saying. I I, I just don't get why people were upset. But we have more to talk about from Dynamite. Of course, uh, we had a ladder match. Oh my god! To find out the undisputed TNT champion, and I will say this. Very good match. Extremely good. By match. the way, this is the best match Cody Rhodes has had probably since he had that match with his brother Dustin. Easily, like honestly, and I'm not saying he's had like not, I'm not saying all the matches in between were bad. Don't get me wrong. No, but this he had one some good ones out. with Brody, etc. But I really feel like this match is one of those standout matches. And a lot of it is due to Sammy Guevara and that crazy springboard onto the top of a ladder into a cutter. Yeah. Which, holy shit, I lost my mind. One of the most insane moves I've ever seen in my life. Of course, at the end of the day, and new. Well, technically, he was interim as well. So, and undisputed, uh, you know, AEW TNT champion Sammy Guevara. Mm Mm-hmm. It. I will. Uh, Stu says I, I don't want to miss this out. I never knew Sammy before AEW started, but he's the guy who has gone zero to sixty for me. Dude is a star. Yes, I agree. I like I like Sammy Guevara quite a bit. He's a very talented wrestler. Whether you agree with people bitching about his personal life, which I don't care about. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, let's be honest. I don't. I don't. It's not my. In, in between the ropes, the kid is producing it's not my place to give a shit what's happened in his personal life okay and if you're mad that he left his wife or girlfriend and is now with ty conti whatever you can make the bones with him it's not my problem Mm -hmm. but i thought he did a great job in this match i am the only thing i'm I'm gonna be critical of and it's not a bad thing is i'm not understanding why we had him drop the title to cody to just win it back anyways and i don't think this was the end game the whole time because They were supposed to run it back and then Cody was out. Mm-hmm. And that's why with COVID, and that's why we had the interim belt. So I just don't understand the, the concept behind that.
1: The only reason I came up with is Cody still has not resigned the company. And they wanted to get the belt off while negotiations are going on. That's the only thing that would make sense to me. That Which is also kudos to the Roadslander, if true, because you took a shit ton of bumps... Not being on contract. Well, hey
0: man, if you if you're not on contract, that's the best time to take bumps. That's how you get your stock up.
1: Yeah, which, like I said, I mean,
0: I don't know what AEW contracts look like, but if he's not under contract, and I'm not saying I listen, don't. I don't know. I'm just listen, I'm speculating. Listen, speculation completely, and I'm yeah. not saying. So I don't want this to come back. But if if their contracts don't have like a 90 day no compete, there's no reason he can't show up at that big show on Saturday. Oh yeah. And I'm not saying he's going to. I don't think he is. I think he's firmly going to be at all elite wrestling. Don't get me wrong. I've been saying that for a while. I yeah. think he may even have some backdoor deal that we don't even fucking know about. But I'm saying that if if the reports are true, if he still hasn't signed a contract, that means that, you know, why wouldn't you take all those bumps? You want to let World Wrestling Entertainment know that you're willing to be a gamer? Mm-hmm. You also want to let all elite wrestling know, hey. If you don't sign me for what I want, this is what I'm offering to the wrestling world. And right now, the wrestling world is wide open. You have a lot of options. The independents are hot. Yeah. GCW's making money. So, you know, you know, Ring of Honor is going to be coming back. We're going to talk about that in a second. Um, you know, Impact Wrestling, which I still consider an indie, even though it's not technically, but it's still kind of an indie. They're they're paying people real money. Mm-hmm. You know, you can really make money between the bigger independence in Japan. And Cody's the guy that can do that. And once again, you're showing the world that you're willing to take the bumps. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's that's that that gets you a long way, yes. in my book. So kudos to him. If he really is working still without a contract and on a handshake deal, this is showing all parties involved how much you're worth. Yeah. In a great match like this, this is the best way to have your last match before you sign a new contract. Whether it's with a different company or the same company, because you can go, hey, we went out there and tore shit up. The internet's talking about it. The world's talking about it. It's one of the hottest clips we've ever put out.
1: And, the and Lander.
0: I'm, I'm, I'm part of it. I'm just throwing it yeah. out there. He no. understands business, baby.
1: No, I'll give you that. Rhodes Lander understands the business. And like I say, him and Sammy put on a hell of a match. I feel bad for Sammy's back today because I thought that swanton he
0: did on the ladder Woo! was one of the most painful things I've ever seen in my life. Listen, man, Sammy left it all on the line, too. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. He's already under contract. Once again... I'm with Stu and I'm with you. And because we've all said it, this kid's got so much raw talent. And this is once again, this is how you sell yourself, period. Yeah. Because your contract's gonna come up someday. And whether you never have you never want to go over to the other side, you don't want to know let your employer know that. Mm-hmm. You want to you want to cash out big. And I don't blame people. Right. And people should be negotiating for good deals. Wrestling's booming right now. It's not on you know Monday night war levels booming, but people are making money in the indies. People are making money in other companies. Hey, don't blame the Rhodes Lander one bit if, if everything's true. I still believe he signed some kind of backdoor deal. Yeah, that we don't I, th- know about. I, th- I think but, he's too, but... But it is interesting, right? Mm-hmm. Although, I'll tell you what would be even more interesting for speculation. It would be interesting if one of the deals that AEW and WWE worked out behind those closed doors is Cody Rhodes being in the Royal Rumble. Because then that would get people talking because they're making it sound like he doesn't have a contract. And if they loaned him over, it would get the world talking.
1: Would they force him to do one of his old gimmicks?
0: No, I okay. wouldn't. I'd just let him be Cody Rhodes. You know why? Because you want to. I think WWE, don't. Because uh, uh, we'll talk about the Rumble later, but like on a separate thing. I think WWE, what they've shown from the people that they've asked to come back to do the Rumble and the people who have agreed and the people we don't even know yet. hmm. Is that I think they've realized with giving, I love it. Exactly. Stardust. It would be interesting, but I think that they would want to play off the star power of who he is now. And I think that that's what they're kind of thinking. Because look at how many people they've offered to come back for the Rumble that they let go or stopped doing business with. Mm. I feel like they're like, oh, we can clear our books, but we can bring people in for one shots. You know, if we have a good relationship with Impact, we can bring Mickey James back for a one shot. We don't have to keep her under contract. It sounds weird to do, but I think that's where a lot of people are moving. And that's what the forbidden door should be. Yeah. Is that, hey, we can have a handshake agreement. Where we can cross paths. I still think that uh, we'll talk about my picks later for Royal Rumble. Well, you have it. Stu says the stardust power of who he is now. That would be hilarious. But I really think that uh, him doing his own gimmick now would be over. I'm not saying they're going to do that, but I think that would be the best for both companies. If there is an AEW representative, because we've talked about Chris Jericho, we'll talk later anyways, but if there was an AEW representative with everything going on now, this would be the perfect one, because then the wrestling community wouldn't know. it yeah. would all be like, oh my God, he hasn't signed a contract, and he's at the Royal Rumble, is he going back to the E? I think it would be a great move. But would they give him that much pyro? Absolutely fucking <laughs> yeah. not. Yeah. Absolutely not. As a matter of fact, you know what they should do, because it would make me, you, probably Stu, and everybody else happy. I know it would make Lou happy, too. Give him the Gilberg entrance. Oh, yes. Sparklers fuck that and the reason why is because i don't think the man needs that much pyro no he's costing uncle tony way too much money seriously i I bet you that's a hold up on the contract listen if you got to keep getting this pyro we're knocking your salary down yes i would do it i'm just throwing it out there because that's a lot of money but let's keep talking about cody Rhodes for a minute it's not really about him so much it's about people running with something that's not there and i i'm not going to give the shout out to the people because there's a couple people i'm not we know we don't play those games i just want to set record straight here Mm. So it's made the rounds now, this part of a promo that Cody Rhodes cut last week, not this past Wednesday, Wednesday, before. Yeah, And it was on Malachi Black bringing in Brody King. And the line that people are talking about, and we'll get to it, so I just want to read it because it is verbatim. It was, it was one of the rent-free lines, and I'm fine with it, believe it or not, because he says, I know we're not in the business of renaming people Gunther McGillibuddy, but showing up in AEW and calling yourself Brody takes balls. And I want to point out it was a it was to advance, you know, he's been in an on-again, off again feud with Malachi Black, which means he would that would by choice be going with Brody King. This is definitely that. The Gunther buddy thing I made me fucking laugh because mm-hmm. I think it's a great line. And if if you're obviously people know Gunther is what they changed Walter's name to, which is stupid. Yeah. And whatever, we're not gonna dive into that right now. I think I'll add that in later. But the McGillibuddy thing is even funnier to me because remember, Michael McGillicuddy, who was the son of Kurt Hennig, mm-hmm. who then later became uh, Curtis, Curtis Axel, and they that's where it came from. And I thought that was just a great callback. But all he is saying here is what he was saying. Showing up in AEW and calling yourself Brody takes. Balls because of the history with Brody Lee and the company who has championed Brody Lee. So, Brody King coming in, he's calling himself Brody, which is his name, and it's not to shit on him because I love Brody Mm -hmm. King and it has nothing to do with one or the other. It's just that this is a good, good promo by a face against the heel. And now people are running with it. And this is—I'm going to read verbatim—and <laughs> what this person put said: "I had to go back and listen to that Cody Rhodes promo twice. There's so much to unpack from it. No, there's not.
1: No, there really wasn't.
0: He's making—he took a shot at WWE with Gunther McGillibuddy, and then he turned around and said it takes balls to be call, call yourself Brody. Okay. He says if you aren't catching on to what he's doing, you're being left in the dark. This may be one of the best heel characters in a long time." No, no, my guy. Cody Rhodes, the problem is, is even though he's being booed, says he doesn't want to be a fucking heel. And he's not being a heel here. He just literally took a shot at WWE, like he normally does, which is fine, and I like this one. I thought it was fun. And in the same breath, told, basically called Brody King out and said, hey, hey, man, you got some balls. It's a good way. I'm sure Cody Rhodes versus Brody King will happen in the near future. Just throwing it out there. Oh, probably. I mean, that's the one thing about Cody now
1: is he's become such a polarizing f- figure to pro wrestling fans that I know I kid and call him the Rhodes Lander and such, but he is now kind of ascended to this position where everything he does is now getting ran through with a microscope to try finding these deeper meanings instead of him just coming out there and just cutting in a promo of still trying to be the face that he thinks he is in his mind. I mean, that's the way I took it. Like, I thought the Brody line was a little interesting but then the more I'm sitting there thinking about it, I'm like, okay, well, I guess that makes some more sense. Because it is it's what it is, yeah. Because, but like I said, I had no problem with the Gunther line. You knew it was. You, hol- you, by the way, it was hilarious. Oh yeah, but you knew somebody was going to say that. You I'd were, be mad if there you was
0: were. no chance anybody was going to let that slide on AEW. I, I loved it. I thought it was perfect. But anyways, yeah, I guess we're left in the dark though. We don't understand that he's doing. He's he's playing 4D checkers. I guess I don't. know.
1: Everybody's thinking he's doing this like big master long term booking thing, and I just mm. I don't see it. Like I think he's just coming out week to week and saying what's whatever's on his mind, and he's at that level where fans are just now either you're all in about this heel character or he's just him being Rhodes Lander.
0: One more piece of AEW news before we jump over to the big Ring of Honor stuff and then close it up for this segment. Uh, and this is it's a little more actually two more pieces because I I got a I have a tweet of the week also that I because I want to end on a happier note
2: because mm-hmm.
0: this one's not so happy. Uh, so this past week, uh, Leo Rush put out on his uh, social medias on February 14th, 2022, my contract will expire with AEW and I will become a free agent for all bookings, inquiries, so on and so forth. So mm. Leo Rush is already gone and it does kind of chime weird. And I'm going to give a shout out to Alfred Kanua. Uh, I hope I said his name right. I'm sorry, buddy, if I didn't. He's at This Is Nasty. He does a lot of great work uh, for mm. Forbes in particular. Yes. Uh, he put out there. So Leo Rush signed a five-month deal with AEW that expired weeks after he publicly called out Tony Khan on Twitter, question mark. What interesting timing. Sounds like my racially charged takes on AEW are aging pretty, pretty well. Because uh, Alfred was the one who was leading the charge for Forbes, mm-hmm. writing articles on, hey, these guys are saying one thing. He was the one with a small thing and ran with it. And Leo Rush, of course, did criticize. And I'm not saying that that's the case. I'm just saying where there's smoke, when there's fire. And I've also never seen a five-month contract in my entire life.
1: Yeah. It's very interesting, to say the least.
0: I mean, kudos to Leo Rush because he's keeping his mouth shut and being nice about it. And he's he's reaping the benefits because he's getting booked on all sorts of shows. Mm-hmm. He's on the next Terminus show. He's on GCW shows uh, pretty c- consecutively throughout the next few months in big time matches. You know, I know he's wrestling for uh, New Japan Strong, which they're gearing up and doing great things over there. If you're not watching, you should be. I mean, I, I just thought that it was kind of a strange where there's smoke, where there's fire, you know? Yeah, I
1: agree with you. I mean, I. Th- perception is reality man and like you say if there's smoke there seems like there's some fire
0: i'm just saying do better yeah i'm not gonna fucking rank on it but do better and uh it's sad to see leo rush go but i'm also happy because i see all the shit he's booked on so oh yeah congratulations
1: he's gonna tear it up on the indies
0: so i want to leave AEW on a good note because i I'm, I'm tired of being negative and i think this is the greatest tweet of the week this wins tweet of the week bar none and it is AEW related uh this comes to you from at Blue, B-L-U, underscore, Ray Mysterio. Hmm. So, uh, fan. Nice, cool name, by the way. Uh, He says, and uh, he has a picture of Fire Ant. Are you uh, familiar with Fire Ant, Ken? Yes, I am. For those of you at home who might not be familiar with Fire Ant, Fire Ant was in the group called The Colony. It was made up of Fire Ant, Pink Ant, uh, Soldier Ant. There was many other ants over time, but they were in Chikara Wrestling. Now, I will give you the clue after, and I know you know, This guy's tweet's so great because he writes fire ant got like all of his moves stolen from orange Cassidy and AEW is having a show today named beach break. And in parentheses, he writes the name of fire ants, finisher main evented by orange Cassidy, two exclamation points. Fire ants influence is boundless. The best part of the story, if you guys don't know, is Orange Cassidy was Fire Ant. Yeah. I thought this was the best tweet. I love how he wrote it. I thought it was great. It's right up there with some of those great El Generico, Sami Zayn ones, where El Generico retired to Tijuana in an orphanage. I, I thought this was great. Uh, Stu says, I googled OC one day and read all about Fire At. That is some weird stuff. It, dude, Chikara, if you ever want to go down a rabbit hole. That's the that's dimension. If you ever... Stu... We all we like comic books, I know you like comic books. I know every everybody here likes comic book movies and nerd stuff. Chikara is a wrestling comic book that's how they book themselves. uh just throwing that out there if you ever. Feel the urge. Just go on YouTube and look up some Chikara. It's pretty interesting. I think it's also on independentwrestling.tv as well. Um, there's been a lot of... The reason Chikara's is no longer around is there's been a lot of controversies, including uh, the brother of somebody I mentioned earlier when I said amazing. Yeah. Just want to throw that out there. Uh, but... Uh, uh, he says, is Chikara better or worse than DDT? Um, I personally actually kind of find DDT humorful sometimes. Mm. So I'm going to say worse. However, they had a lot of great workers work in Chikara. Like Eddie Kingston came through there. Uh, Chris Hero trained at their school. It was the trainer of their school for a long time. Uh, Drew Gulak was through there. As a matter of fact, Drew was also one of the ants at one point in juncture. Uh, you know, Pinky Sanchez. They've had a lot of great talent. So the matches are worthwhile to watch. Uh, Vin Gerard was down there. My boy uh, Colin Delaney, who was Colin Olson at the time, and Jimmy Jam Olson were down there. So they have a lot of great talent. It's worth checking out, but just remember it's going to be hokey, especially when you see uh, the the uh, dragon. Yeah, uh, there's some hokey stuff there, but <laughs> it's, it, e- it's it is in my in my humble opinion, DDT is not for everybody. And I'm not saying I like everything DDT does, but DDT still does some amazing stuff. Because, I mean, I watched Kenny Omega and Kota Ibushi separately have a five-star match with a broom and a blow-up doll. So, I mean, there is a place in my heart for DDT.
1: Yeah, it's, 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 it's a one-of-a-kind experience.
0: Shakara, there's not as big of a place, but I do respect a lot of the guys who wrestled there. And uh, it, it, there was some really good matches that happened there, but there was a lot of hokey shit. That's all I'm going to throw out there. So, with that being said, though, let's switch them gears, Ken. Because mm-hmm. I know you have huge news just dropped about Ring of Honor and their return. Go ahead. Yeah, so uh, we got the press release from Ring of Honor, so
1: shout out to them, and it is now official. Jonathan Gresham and Bandito are going to be facing off Friday, April 1st. Supercard of Honor, they are back. So for the Undisputed ROH World Title. So tickets, uh, according to the press release I have, is they went on sale for Honor Club this past week, and this coming Friday, the January 28th, they're on sale to the general public at uh, 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Also, some more news from Ring of Honor is they have announced about the Hall of Fame that they have. So the establishment that they're going to be doing, uh, the the Ring of Honor Hall of Fame, they're going to be starting to announce inductees this coming Monday. And according to the press release, they'll be going uh, subsequently from February 7th, 14th, and 21st. So definitely keep your eye on that for ROH social media. It's awesome to see that they're back. Gresham versus
0: Bandito. Also breaking news while we're on air, and I'm getting a release right now from uh, GCW. It is now announced and it's official at Collective 2022, Gringo Loco's World on Lucha debuts at the Collective for the 2022 edition at Fair Park in Dallas. Uh, GCW presents Gringo Loco's The World on Lucha Friday, April 1st, 8 p.m. Eastern, or Standard Time, I think. It could be local time, I'll have to double-check that, because they always like to fuck that up, because the fight is involved. <laughs> so... There you go. Uh, the World on Lucha. So I think we're going to get a bunch of the luchadors that we've seen uh, throughout time in GCW. That's going to be awesome. Including probably Grand Matalik, oh, who has now got the different name, but he has booked for, I think, five GCW shows so far.
1: Yeah, that's awesome to see him in the GCW. So,
0: there you go. Actually, you got double breaking news because that came in. Well, you were reading that. So there you go.
3: Yeah.
0: Uh, with that being said, though, uh, my good friend Ken M., uh, who should we shout out this week for music? Uh, do some shout do some shout at the robots you know what i'm glad you said that because it's easier for me to pull up shout at the robots because you know what we'll just pull up the theme song for the three fenders podcast fail better because i already have it in my board and of course if you're watching on twitch you're going to see the information for the three fenders podcast when we come back it's time for the main event of the show and we will be talking about wwe Rumble, our speculation, our takes, our picks. Of course, that goes down this Saturday night. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Saturday, Saturday night. night. We'll talk about that more in a minute. But until then, we'll be right back from this break. the main event of the show and this week we're talking about this weekend's upcoming you know uh, probably second or third largest pay-per-view event from world wrestling entertainment on any given year of course that is the royalist of rumbles going down this upcoming saturday i want to make sure everybody knows saturday 29th of january 8 p.m eastern standard time from the dome at america center in st louis missouri of course That is where the St. Louis Rams used to play. Yes, So they're playing in a a, a thing again. Uh, Stu says, probably heading out soon, so I want to get my picks on the record. This year, no one on the current roster makes sense. Becky, Charlotte, Brock, and Roman have all beaten everyone, so I'm deluding myself into thinking we get two surprise entrant winners, The Fiend and Ronda Rousey. Okay. Okay. Very good, very good. Thank you for getting them in there, and thanks for tuning in, Stu. All right. Um... Let's start with uh, the regular matches before we go to the Rumble matches. How about that? Uh, first off, we have the mixed tag team match Maurice and the Miz versus Beth Phoenix and Edge. Well, this one, I mean, they've been doing a solid buildup for uh,
1: with Edge and Miz, and now obviously Maurice and Beth Phoenix are involved. It seems like lately, though, Edge and Beth Phoenix have been getting the upper hand on them a little bit. So this one, I think, has got to go to the Team Miz.
0: I would like to see Team Miz win just as I think that they uh, Miz needs a good push. Mm. Also, uh, as long as I get the brood entrance, I don't really care. Yeah. Let's be honest. Next up, we got the WWE Raw Women's Title match. Your champion, the man, Becky Lynch, going against Dewdrop.
1: Well, we have a filler program <coughs> to tie it over Becky to get uh, the winner of the Women's Royal Rumble. So, nothing against Dewdrop. I think Piper Nevin's amazing, but I, this is just going to be a one and done program.
0: I mean,. I I think that uh, Becky will do a salad and really work with with Dewdrop. So I think this is going to be a very good match. But I'm with you. It's a filler match to get us to WrestleMania. But I do believe this will be a really good match because I think Becky's going to want to work with her. Yeah. Uh, Especially because, you know, they come from the UK. A little bond there. Mm -hmm. Next up, we have the... the, We'll go with that match last before the Rumble. Let's go with the WWE Universal title match. Your, your champion, the tribal chief, the head of the table, the big dog, Roman Reigns, defending against the drip god, Seth Rollins. See, this is kind of interesting how this is all getting set up, too.
1: I mean, Roman has been so dominant as champion now. He's had no real competition, per se. Like, you think about everybody he's gone through. He's very he's much cleaned the board. Who could step up but his one nemesis that he's had with the Shield? He's never beat Seth Rollins. Now, I'm going to say this. If this match opens the card, Seth wins. If this
0: closes, I'm going to say Roman wins. Okay. I agree. I think that's good. uh, I'm also going to go with Roman winning. However, I will want to throw this out. Once again, this is only speculation and fun. Mm -hmm. But with as wonky as one John Moxley's contract is, I don't really know if there's any deal in there that he can't show up at a WWE event. So it would be interesting if he does show up because... I mean, Seth Rollins has mentioned John Moxley. Yeah, he he is my pick for the Forbidden Door entrant. To he, come in for the I, I'm not even saying about the rumble. I'm just saying this match just to get involved somewhere, which would be kind of fun. Yeah, I thought it'd be neat if you go one. I'm sure Tony Khan would lose his mind. I'm sure they would ask first, but I the way his contract is set up, looks like he can wrestle wherever he wants, whenever he wants. It's yeah. So weird. Next up, we have the dream match, the match that we've all been waiting for for a very long time. I'm I'm being serious on this. For the WWE Championship, your champion, Brock Lesnar, with Paul Heyman in his corner, takes on the man, the myth, the almighty Bobby Lashley, with MVP in his corner. I am so rooting for Lashley to win. It's not even funny. Oh, I would love to see Lashley win. I'm not even joking.
1: But I think all signs are pointing to Brock versus Roman unification at Mania. So I'm going to say Brock retains.
0: I could see that happening. But you know what? I I I love the fact that we're getting this match. Yeah. The biggest win for it is, I think, us the fan because this is the match we've all wanted to see, and I think it's going to deliver. Yeah. I think it's going to be one of those two big men slapping meat, as they say. And I think it's going to be a real good damn time. Ready to talk about some rumbles, Ken? Let's do. I gotta this. pick my phone up a little bit because these are written very fucking small. Mm-hmm. Uh, Women's Royal Rumble match up first. So far announced for the match: Mickey James. Lita, by the way, knockouts women's champion, Nikki J- Mickey James, Lita, Michelle McCool, Natalia, Kelly Kelly, Brie Bella, Nikki Bella, Tamina, Naomi, Nikki Ash, Queen Zelina, Summer Rae, Charlotte Flair. Who, by the way, who's the SmackDown women's champion? Mm-hmm. Aliyah, Carmella, Dana Brooke, Shayna Baszler, Rhea Ripley, Liv Morgan, Shotzi, Bianca Belair, and then we have nine, count them, nine to be determined.
1: Well, this year's field is very interesting, I will say that. A lot of names that we haven't seen in a while, Mickey James being one of the biggest surprises, coming in as Impact World Champion. Also, Summer Ray coming back, the legend. The legend. Yes, so excited about that. The Iconics, uh, rumored to have turned the spot down, they were offered to come in? Uh, allegedly, yes. Allegedly.
0: Yes. So uh, I will say this, though. The Summer Raid thing, I thought it was funny how people get on the, like, the whatever about it. People who don't work in the company anymore are just called WWE legends. Yeah. So I think it's just kind of funny that people got so caught up on the word legend. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's, it's crazy about that. So this one, though, I mean, it's going to be kind of hard to predict. I do think that we are going to see a surprise in one Rock Roxy make her appearance. Oh, you think Roxy's going to be there? I think she'll make her appearance on the show. Okay. So that'll be the surprise. Uh, I fear Rousey is going to make an appearance as well. I hope not. But my prediction for the win is it's going to be a tie with both Liv Morgan and Bianca Belair going over the top rope same time.
0: Oh, a la 1993 Bret Hart and Lex Luger. Yes.
1: yes, and sometime between then and Mania, we will have them face each other for the winner goes on to face Becky Lynch.
0: I don't even think you'd do that. WrestleMania is two nights. Why don't you do a coin flip? One person gets a shot night one. One person gets a shot night two. I'd be okay with that. too. I think that would be a great way to do it. I mean, I, I, I you know, what, I like that pitch. If I don't know if they'll do it or not, but I like that pitch and I like the addition. It's two nights. Yeah, this would be the great way to solidify two nights. We've, you know, it's only been two nights for the last three. This will be the third year's two nights. Mm-hmm. This is going to be, you know, and this is the first year with fans. It's two nights, which is g- genius, by the way. Uh, in, in a lot of things that WWE does, I don't like, I don't whatever. Let's be honest. You're going to, need to fill a fill 100,000 plus stadium two nights.
2: Mm.
0: That's 200,000 tickets plus sold. Yeah, Like, come on, guys. It's genius. And that's why it will forever be two days, and I've said that. They like how it feels at two days instead of an eight-hour marathon, and they look at it like they get two gates. The only way that they would go away from it, I think, is if they couldn't sell both nights out. And you know that's not going to fucking happen because mm. most of the people there are going to buy tickets for both nights. Yeah. Especially if you make a deal with it. We don't know what they're offering. Yeah. But I'm just throwing it out there. It, it would make a lot of sense to and do the it. the wrestling so. world shows up in full force. Actually, this gets more people into Mania, possibly, because the people who can only go to one night leaves tickets for the other people. And trust me, as a person who's been to a Mania, I know you've been mm-hmm. to a Mania. All the extra fucking shows that go on, the indie shows and everything are packed. Yeah. The, the really wrestling world shows out for WrestleMania weekend. Yeah. It's that big, so I don't think they'll have a problem filling a venue two times in a row.
1: No.
0: Uh, I like the Roxy guest. That's that's pretty awesome. Um, honestly, I think we're going to see a lot of the. I I, I would. I, I think Rock Cal Gonzalez will come up. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I don't know if that's going. She'll, she'll come up full time or just for the match, uh, but whatever. And Dakota Kai I could also see coming up, and even Mandy Rose, the NXT women's ta- women's champion. Sorry, mm-hmm. uh, because I think that they want to get some of them in there. I'm with you, and I really have this feeling, especially because it's broke so late, I really think Rousey is going to be in this. And if she is in this, she wins. Yeah. Hands down. They're not going for what we're talking about. One of the night's main events, whether it's night one or night two, will be Rousey versus uh, Becky for the bout. Mm-hmm. Which is a good money draw. Let's be honest. Yeah. Uh, it is. Although, it's weird because they don't really sell paper. Well, they do sell some pay-per-views. But for the most part, most people get it on Peacock if you're smart. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I can see that happening, but I would love what you have pitched to happen. I would also love to see Bianca Belair win again. Uh, it may be the return of Asuka. Yeah, I think the is long overdue. Maybe Kari Sane, too. Yeah, maybe, maybe could be good stuff. Uh, however you look at it, I think they're set up pretty good for the Women's Rumble. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stu, like I said, he says Ronda Rousey. I think she. I think she could be in. Yeah. Ooh, I knocked my mic almost over. I think she could be in. I think she's in, but yeah, I just I don't know. If she's in, she's winning. Yeah. I'm sorry, and it sucks. But she's winning. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, we got the men's Rumble match. Ready? Yep. Confirmed for the match. We have Ray Mysterio, AJ Styles, Randy Orton, Kevin Owens, Dolph Ziggler, Sheamus, Kofi Kingston, Big E, Happy Corbin, Angelo Dawkins, Chad Gable, Madcap Moss, Damian Priest. Uh, for some reason, this one has Damian Priest listed twice. <laughs> Riddle, Montez Ford, Otis, Austin Theory, Omos... Dominic Mysterio, Robert Roode, Sami Zayn, and of course, celebrity entrant Johnny Knoxville, just in time to plug the jackass film, which comes out the following week. Obviously, that's why he's there. And then, uh, if I counted right, and also uh, give shout outs to Padawan J, because I know he counted the other day, I think there's eight to be determined. Right.
1: I think we're going to get a big influx of NXT. Uh, I think Braun Breaker is a lock, Gunther is a lock. I think those are the two locks from NXT for show. I would love to see Dragunov make the flight in from NXT UK. I don't know how that's going to work, but uh, I fear we're going to get Graydon Walder because reasons. Uh,
0: And for Forbidden Door, I'm going to take a long shot. I know everybody says Moxley. I'm going to say Kenny Omega. That's a very long shot. I'm going to go with a long shot that I think is going possibly the best option. Moose.
1: Yeah, that's. They're
0: doing business with Impact. Uh, Moose is there. I could also say as long shot because his wife is going to be in. Maybe Nick Aldis. Yeah, because his wife's going to be there. You never know. Maybe he joins in NWA. They always play ball with WWE, so it's it could be weird. I would say those are my two forbidden door picks. Uh, I also think if there is an AEW guy, I'm really pretty sure it'd be Chris Jericho. Yeah, or that is a great place to do that Cody Rhodes bit I said earlier. I don't think that's going to happen. I just think that would be great booking from both companies. That would be a moment where you went, oh these two companies have agreements and they're doing good things for each other Mm -hmm. because I think that's a good piece of business considering nobody knows. You could even do an NWO type thing with the permission of WWE with that Cody Rhodes appearance, but I don't think that's going to happen. I really honestly think it's going to be Moose. I know, and I'm going to throw it out there because he has it here, so I might as well. Stu picked the fiend. I've heard a lot of rumors, a lot of speculation. A lot of people think that that could be a a thing. What are you thinking? I just, I think Bray's
1: out of wrestling right now. Like, I just, I don't know. It would make sense if he wants to come back as the Fiend, but it seems like what they've been doing with Lexa Bliss on Raw, they're trying to get away from the characters. So
0: would they force that again? I don't don't know. What if he doesn't come back as the Fiend? He comes back as regular Bray. What if he comes back as Bray Wyatt? And even better, he doesn't come back as, like, cult leader Bray Wyatt. He just comes back as Bray Wyatt. Like, hey, all shit aside, I'm not doing a gimmick anymore. Like really, like I here's the thing. I could see if they bring Bray Wyatt back mm-hmm. and and Wyndham Rotunda comes out, and for all intents and purposes, he's Wyndham Rotunda. He's just like, fuck it. You know what? I did all this stuff, you know, genius shit, and it didn't get over. And he just cuts like like the first night back at the Rumble, he went to cut this promo. Just let him come out as Bray Wyatt, mm-hmm. regular Bray Wyatt, win the Rumble. Cause that that'd be a a, a pick to win the Rumble. because – People would be all right with it. Yeah. When he comes out on Raw, be ultimate heel. Just say, listen, you people, just on the idea I gave you, you guys shit all. You blame the company, but you shit all over it. Mm-hmm. And just be a just be a dickhead. Yeah. And just be him. Just be. But yeah, I mean, he's not a dickhead. He's a very nice person in real life. But you know, be be a heel and just be like, you know what? I only came back here to shove it down your throats. I'm not going to do any of this fucking spider walking. I ain't going to do any of this bullshit. Fucking holograms. I'm here to be a, the best damn wrestler that I am. I'm going to win the belt at WrestleMania, and I'm, I'm going to move on. I think that would be a good way to write him if he's there. Yeah. I think that would be a cool thing. It would be mixing the line. I also like your theory about if Roman Reigns loses, or got even it. if he wins, because that's another thing. Maybe he wins. We have Charlotte Flair, the SmackDown Women's Champion, in the Women's Royal Rumble.
1: Yeah, so he, tell, he tells one of the Usos, sit out, I got this. And, exactly. And, and there's in.
0: That's what I think could happen, too. You never know. You never know. It could happen to you.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, I, I don't really necessarily want him to win. Uh I, I, I've been tr- racking my brain over who could be the like a real big old school. You know they always have to have at least one legend. I mean they're in Texas. So the Taker always comes up. Michelle McCool's on the show. I don't I don't actually think it's Taker. I don't think it's Taker. I think it's I don't became... think it's Taker, but I'm just saying yeah, I don't think it's gonna be honestly, I'm leaning Booker T. Oh that He's yeah, from Texas. Texas. Or they're in St. Louis, sorry. But uh, who 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 is in St. Louis that is a legend that is still with WWE. Why do I think Texas? Oh, because I'm thinking, WrestleMania. Yeah, you're thinking <laughs> WrestleMania. But you never know; you could do something like that. Uh, St. Louis, I, I'm not sure. It's Missouri. ah,
1: yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'm...
0: Kane's in Tennessee. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of great legends from Missouri, but I'm just thinking about one that still works with the company. Yeah, that's. That's the only tricky one. I, I I mean, Randy Orton's in already. He's the St. Louis guy. I was going to say. I mean, you could do the NWA world champion, Trevor Murdoch. I mean, technically he's built from Texas, but he did train under the right. legendary Harley race in St. Louis. Yeah, that could be. And I mean, once again, we were talking about forbidden door. NWA might be open to it. Uh, Stu says the bag Randy Orton po- pooped in. That would be great. I love it. By the way, let's let's, let's give one out there. Why, why not? I mean, you're not wrong, but you didn't have to say it. I mean, good Lord. The winner of the Rumble has to hand, give him a handshake after he <laughs> reaches down his pants. Yeah. Ah, I love it. I don't know. I'm I i I'm trying to think. I don't know if anybody who works with the company, there would be a St. Louis guy.
1: Yeah. Like nobody's screaming. That.
0: Nobody's screaming it out to me. Maybe Trevor Murdoch. If they have a deal with NWA, but once again, he's a Texas guy, but did train with Harley. Mm-hmm. And he does have a lot of respect for WWE because they paid for Harley's shit. His funeral and everything, and moving his body, yeah. without really being asked, they just did it. I don't know. I don't know, uh, but I'm definitely, I'm definitely on board. I, I would be on board to see the fiend. Mm-hmm. I would be on board uh, to, you know, I, I'm assuming we're gonna a Forbidden Door guy. And like I said, I'm leaning towards Moose because obviously they're doing business with Impact, and he's been doing the whole. Well, how great would that be? That'd be Moose wins. I- Moose wins the Rumble. Moose yeah. versus Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. That would be crazy. That would be be one of... And mind you, I know Moose is not as big of a star. Mm -hmm. But here's the thing. That's some real forbidden door fucking shit right there. Yeah. That would be some crazy cool shit. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm just saying that would be really cool. I mean, shit, I'd pop for it. That'd be huge. The wrestling world would melt. They wouldn't know what the fuck to do. Mm -hmm. Just like if Mickey wins. (laughs) They wouldn't know what to do.
1: (laughs) Champion versus champion. it would be awesome, though. Yeah, it'd
0: be good. I'm just saying, there's a lot of options here. A lot of options. So, believe it or not, the Royal Rumble is always my favorite, and that's why there's a lot of options. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was a year I was almost convinced Santino Morello was going to win. Yeah. Remember it was the 40 man Rumble and the Alberto Del Rio one?
1: Hey. That guy
0: keeps <laughs> saying he's coming back.
1: Yeah. Where? Uh, nowhere. Yeah, exactly. That's the answer.
0: Nobody wants that guy uh buyer you know buyer buyer beware you mm-hmm. you'd have to be in some desperate water listen if if marty Skrull can't get back into to wrestling
1: adr ain't adr
0: back. ain't coming back okay no. cuz and i'm not justifying anything i'm just saying on scales <laughs> kidnapping and shit <laughs> yeah <laughs> way worse than, than a lot of other things i'm just throwing it out there woo Dude, if you let ADR back in, you got to let Joey Ryan back in. And I'm not ready for that world, okay? I, 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 I'm happy where we're at. Yeah. I'm happy where we're at. Keep them out.
1: That's a real forbidden door right there.
0: Keep them all the fuck out. Thank you. Make wrestling great again. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wish I came up with that. I, I, I got shout outs. Marcus Crane used to wear that hat. Just <laughs> throwing it out there. Rest in peace, brother. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. Good Lord. At times, but uh, yeah, Royal Rumble. I'll be watching, I'll be tweeting. I know Ken will be watching, mm-hmm. he'll be tweeting, uh, and uh, we'll be definitely be talking about it next Monday. As we will be back, big time announcement right now. We say we'll be back to our, our regular time mm-hmm. 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Monday night, uh, because everything will go back to normal this week. Hopefully, knock on wood. All right, Ken M, tell the folks once again how to find you in the Ocho Dura Parlayer Podcast. Very simple. For anything that you need that is
1: ODPH, swing on over to odphpodcast.com.
0: You know what, man? Uh, you know, it's simple. Three Fat Nerds, just go ahead. 8122productions.com. I almost said it too quick. I was almost diesel. 8122productions.com. All the information, and all the links are there. Uh, Three Fat Nerds Pod, thrown out in front of it on all social medias. Make sure you're checking it out. Uh, as far as 607TWS, if you want to watch this, you can re-watch this because we leave it up for the 14 days on Twitch or make sure you get it over there in podcast form anywhere you get great podcasts by searching 607TWS and snatch that up. Well, Ken M, we have come to the end of the show. And it is time to say goodbye. Uh, and, of course, the way we do that is with our good friend Second Suitor. The song is called One Winged Angel. And, of course, it's the ode to Kenny Omega and New Japan Pro Wrestling. And it's a perfect way to end a wrestling show. So, for myself, for Ken M, until next week, take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. And all we have left to say is later, wrestling nerds. Ah!
3: make my heart so damn hard i can Me a smile I see connect from the top ropes one